0: Hey everyone, and welcome to the Nintendo Fuse Podcast. This is episode two hundred forty-two entitled The Game of the Year Awards for 2021. We're going to be talking all about our picks, a little bit of news as well. We're recording this live on December 6th, 2020, 2021. Uh, But I had an extra 20 in there. Um, Jumped ahead like, I don't know, 2,000 years. Uh, But uh, yeah, 2021, December 6th. This is our last episode of 2021. Uh, After this episode, we're going to be taking a a brief break for the holiday season, and we'll be back on January 17th of 2022 uh in terms of introductions though maybe you're brand new to the podcast and you're like who is this who is he who's talking to me uh my name is Steve um but of course I am not alone I'm also joined uh by some good friends here Barry how's it going
1: hey Steve I'm just this is my favorite episode of the year so I'm really looking forward to this and can't wait to see what everyone picks
0: and uh see who wins absolutely and uh, also joined by Greg Greg how you doing very good, guys. Very happy to be here. And like Barry, this is always one of my
2: favorites, just like our next one in January where we do our yearly predictions. That's another one of my favorites as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. These uh, back-to-back episodes are are great with, uh, with the awards and then predictions. It's always a, a great time. Um, if you are new to uh, the Nintendo Fuse podcast, maybe this is the first time you're watching us live uh, either on... Uh, YouTube or Twitch. Uh, Thanks so much for joining us. If you have not hit the subscribe button, the, uh, the follow button, the like button, the share button, the bell, all those different things, make sure you do that. And uh, also, do sh- be sure to uh, follow us on social media. You can find us at Nintendo Fuse on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. And of course, we also have our Discord. Uh, the link is on the screen and also in the show notes the YouTube description. Uh, it's a great place to connect with us on social media and Discord uh, in between episodes because we are going to be taking uh, a little bit of a hiatus um, for the holiday season as I alluded to earlier. And uh, if you're going to want to chat about video games in between those these episodes uh, that's a great place to do that on our social media or on our discord so make sure you do uh, you know connect with us over there uh also if you have not joined us live we would just encourage you guys to join us live on a, an episode we record pretty much every other monday um, is our regular schedule of course like i said taking that break for the holiday season but uh but yeah every other monday and uh we'd love having you join us in the live chat just throwing all your thoughts about the news that we talk about what we've been playing um and of course tonight we're going to be referring to the chat and uh, our discord and things like that uh when we we hear hear about uh, what everybody has uh, has picked for their game of the years uh, the picks as well so Um, yeah, make sure you do let us know, uh, that you're there in the chat. Say hi. And, uh, the next thing we're going to be talking about pretty soon is what we've been playing. And so, uh, make sure you go ahead and just like kind of throw in there what you've been playing, uh, recently. Um, Jake's just pointing out that, uh, yeah, I'm the only one unique. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for the holiday season. (laughs) I'm, I'm already got my Mario ugly sweater on. I got my Mario hat on. I've got my Pikachu coffee mug, my Christmas coffee mug. So I am, I'm all ready for the holiday season. Um, these guys are just representing Nintendo fuse, uh, which is awesome. And if you have been wondering, how can I support the podcast? Uh, we do this completely for free, but you can get a t-shirt just like these guys are wearing. Um, if you just head to our website, nintendofuse.com, you can actually click on the button that says, get a, uh, get a t-shirt, but, uh, we have a bunch of other merch on there as well. So if you like mugs or even, I think we have a, a shirt for your dog, if you want that, um, like a whole bunch of other stuff on there. Um looking for a cool mask to wear, you know, and during the pandemic and everything, bunch of stuff over there, or you can also head to our, uh, our podcast page on anchor and uh, actually donate that way. If you'd prefer to do that. So of course we do this for free, but that's just ways that you can support the podcast if you choose to do so. Um, but let's jump into what we have been playing. Uh, Greg, let's go to you first. Been continuing along with animal crossing. I've been still Building lots of
2: vacation homes for all sorts of different uh, villagers, um, keeping up with some of the daily stuff. And on my island, like going to those uh, islands every day, like the get the gyroids and stuff. And then also um, doing like the daily stretching and getting my like cup of coffee, just trying to get all those uh, awards done to further nook miles every day. So lots of daily stuff going on there. Um, some design. From time to time, I just completed my rock gardens. So I got all the six rocks in one easy-to-find location now. So I can finally start uh, taking down a lot of the paths that I covered the entire island with. So it's <clears throat> nice there. Um finally was able to continue on with some Metroid Dread. Um, it was nice to finally be able to take down the next, like the third Emmy now. So it's like I'm very, very slowly making progress because I took a pretty <clears throat> long hiatus from the game. So Can't wait to get more back into that over this uh, break period. Um, Other than that, I'll be talking about a number of games I was getting ready to talk about later today, so I don't want to spoil all my potential options here. But the last thing I'm still going through with Fire Emblem Heroes, Um, Book 6 just launched today, and they also launched a new player-versus-player mode that's actually live. So it's no longer AI pretending to be another human. You're actually able to play against a human legit now they have like all these different rules set up they can do for matchmaking and do passwords they can just do like a certain friend of yours and all these other things so it was really great to see that kind of mode added to the game
0: awesome awesome uh, looks like uh, going to the chat. Jakester said he's been playing uh, Samus Returns from beginning to end. Was a great game. Uh, still working on Fire Emblem, You Know Kuni, and FGO, and just started Metroid Zero Mission, uh, which is pretty awesome. Uh, he's asking uh, again. January. It's going to be January seventeenth is when we're going to be returning uh, in the in the new year. Um, so Barry, let's go to you next. Uh, what have you been up to?
1: Uh, yeah. So on the switch and uh, still Animal Crossing, doing the daily stuff. I'm just collecting new recipes. I'm not going to town on a lot of stuff, but I'm still playing and doing enough every day. Uh, a lot of the newness disappeared. Uh, I haven't done anything else in the expansion, and that's just because there's been so many other things uh, going for my attention. Uh, still doing Pokémon Unite you know, every day, doing my daily stuff. Uh, messing around with uh, some other games. Uh, Le Grand Legacy, which is a old-school PS1-era RPG, uh, with an interesting battle mechanic. Uh, Mighty Fight Federation, of course, uh, Arena Bar- Battles. I just, I just love going there and just having some fun every night. Uh, Shimigami Megami Five. am slowly working my way through there, but it's, it's on a, a hold status right now because of another game. And one last game on the Switch, uh, Star Horizon, which is a Star Fox-like game with um, multiple choices uh, and decisions. Uh really cool. I got it for free. It's part of this free uh, set of games. Except because it's on auto, a lot of it is shifting as you're like flying through and that started to turn my stomach. So a lot of fun, but I started to get vertigo after like a level, so I'm like I don't know really anything I can play much more of this, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate because I actually did enjoy what I played. Uh but the main reason that Shimigami Ten C five is on hold and most other games will be on hold for now uh is Final Fantasy XIV and walker. I've uh, been waiting for that. It Early access dropped Friday. I uh, was able to get on. There's a ton of issues with getting on right now because there's more people that want to play that game than ever before. And the servers virtually can't handle it. The login queues are capped. Uh, and there's a reason for it because it's just beautiful. Uh, the, the music is gorgeous. The story thus far is amazing. Uh, just the, the changes to the jobs have been great. I mean, if... like. I don't need to sell it. If you're looking for an MMO, of 14 is uh, absolutely I will stand with and, and champion. And while I haven't played it as much over the past few months, just because I had done everything I'd wanted to do, uh, really excited to to delve into new content. And if you haven't started yet, this is a perfect time because you have five expansions worth of content. You will not get bored in this game. Uh, on the mobile front, I'm still doing Dragalia Lost
0: and Mario Kart Tour, though. Cool. Cool. Uh, let's go back to the chat. And it looks like um, Jared says he's been playing Pokemon Go, Pikmin Bloom, Mario Kart Tour, and a bit of Tetris Effect and Mario Party. And uh, Kevin is playing Trigger Witch and uh, also getting the free games as well. <laughs> uh, which games is he talking about?
1: Um, those are the ones from, it's, uh, I'll tell you the name of, it's, uh, No Gravity Games. They started on Thursday, or, I think it was, I don't know, maybe it was Wednesday. They, I posted it in our Discord, they gave a code out for a Pirates game, and mm-hmm. then it was a free, if you had that, you had a free game Wednesday, a free game Thursday, uh... a free game for the weekend, there was a game today, and they're doing it all the way to, uh, to Christmas, pretty much to December 24th. And if you, but the game is only free for one day. So if you miss a game, you have to buy it to get back into the mm-hmm. chain. But, uh, you know, it's it's kind of one of those things where I'm going for them because they're free. And, yeah. you know, you know, they're usually about $10 games. So I think it's like 18 games free. So it's $180. Uh, I figure why not give it a shot and mm-hmm. see what happens.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Is that the same company that did it last year or two years ago? Same I company? don't know. Ooh. But I remember there was something I else happening. Something like that. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Um, let's see. Uh, I've been playing lots of different stuff, but the the two games that I uh, have been playing mostly have been uh, Rocket League and Rocket League Sideswipe because uh, they actually did. Uh, Cyanex launched a new um, a new mobile version of Rocket League. It's not the full game, but it's like a it's like a two D like uh, sides almost side scrolling like um, game. And uh, yeah, it's been actually really fun. Uh, controls are kind of crazy but uh but it kind of adds to the chaos of it and everything so yeah it's not this like third person view of your car and driving around and and uh playing car soccer like that it's actually um yeah it's like side to side and you're you're like just it's a sideways view on it and uh yeah if you haven't checked it out it's it's worth checking out for sure. It's not gonna be for everybody, but uh I think they actually executed it pretty well um which is which is really cool. So uh yeah that's what I I've been playing, like, at least mostly what I've been playing, some other things as well. But, uh, that's the, that's what I've been spending most of my time with, uh, recently. So, um, let's, uh, let's, before we jump into any of, uh, the news and, uh, the game of the War- year, uh, awards and all that stuff, uh, we have, we have a contest, uh, winner to announce. So Barry, uh, tell us yep. what we are giving away again, just to remind everybody and, uh, and then also let's announce our winner
1: absolutely so last podcast we announced a uh, giveaway uh, for a signed copy of the unofficial amiibo handbook and this was done by paul murphy who does uh, switch player magazine this really cool book covers virtually every amiibo pocket size and uh, he was kind enough to send us one uh, signed uh, with the purpose of giving away so you know he put it out there we ran it for two weeks and, uh, we had quite a lot of entries, which was great to see. And, and hopefully, you know, a lot of people go and support, uh, Paul and his magazine. I know, you know, it's, it's hard doing a magazine in, in 2021, but he does a great job. Uh, so we looked through all the lists, all the people who retweeted, followed, uh, and very thankful we put it through a number generator and number seven was picked. So let me look at the list here. Number seven is Kevin W. at Nintendo Dad 420. Congratulations.
0: I Kevin's in the so, chat room right now.
1: So. Oh, can oh, Kevin, uh, please send a DM with your address. You can send that to me and uh, at Hawk Fire, And uh, I'll get that out to you in the next, you know, within the next week.
0: Nice, nice. Congratulations. And, uh, thanks so much to, yeah, the author there, um, uh, for supplying those. And, uh, man, if, if, even if you didn't win, make sure you check out the unofficial Amiibo handbook. Um, it's a great, uh, book. And like we talked about last podcast, it's, it's lots of, lots of pictures in there. So if you're not much of a reader, <laughs> there's lots of pictures to look at and, uh, some really high quality images there. So congratulations, Kevin. That's awesome. So let's jump into a little bit of the news. Uh, there's not a whole lot, um, which is nice because the majority of our to- conversation, uh, on this episode will be the, uh, the, you know, game of year awards and everything. But, uh, before we jump into that, there was a little event that happened today. I think if I get this correct, uh, Barry, tell us a little about this East Asia Soft event.
1: Sure. Uh, so this just dropped today. They've been doing uh, these small little events, which is great. Uh, just pretty much giving people an update on what's coming out. Uh, so they showed off eight games uh, this time. They showed a game called Ball Lab, uh, which is like a puzzle game, like a little platformer, Memories of East Coast, which looks to be like some kind of visual novel. The Letter, which is a horror visual novel. A Horatio Goes Snowboarding, which looks like a mix between Ski Free and Frogger. Uh, Terratopia which just looks insane, but in a, in a, in a kind of quirky, good way. Uh, Empire of Angels 4, which they, this was the announcement for the PS5 version. It's a, it's a turn-based, uh, strategy role-playing game like Fire Emblem, but that is already available for Switch. Uh, Zero Degrees was also shown off announcing the PS5 version. Uh, that is already also available on the Switch. And then finally, Breakneck City coming, uh, in January, which is like this 2D, beat them up with like 3D, 8-bit aesthetics. Uh, really, really interesting look to it. Uh, so I, some of these games we've seen before in East Asia Soft uh, announcements, but this was just what they're having announcement for the rest of December and one game in January. So they do have a stacked uh, list of games coming out considering it's only really one month. Uh, so eight games coming out from different developers. is. Uh, did you guys get to check this out or does any of these games speak to you? Greg, I'll let you go first.
2: Um, I didn't get a chance to watch it. I've just been really busy with a lot of stuff going on with the house. And as you might have noticed, I have a quite different background. So it's like I've been doing stuff around the house and haven't really been staying up to date on like the different things. Um, some of these games, you look ones I would check out, you'll see like in my list later that there's some East Asia soft games that I've really enjoyed that I'll be talking about later. So definitely we'll be reviewing some of these and quite possibly picking some of them up.
0: Cool cool yeah i uh, i actually didn't get a chance to to check it out either i was getting everything ready for the uh the podcast tonight so uh didn't get a chance to watch it but uh but yeah i think it's it's cool and like you said some of these some of these we know knew about already some of them they're coming out like the horatio goes snowboard snowboarding i think i mentioned on a previous podcast is one of the ones i'm really excited about um kind of brings back that that ski free kind of uh idea and uh and so yeah i'll be i'll let like greg i'll be checking it out a lot later um but, uh, but yeah, it's exciting to, to see that there are some, some games, uh, that we've talked about previously that are going to be coming out soon. And, uh, yeah, I look forward to, to checking it out more, but yeah, I didn't get a chance to, to actually, uh, watch it just yet. God, five minutes, guys. Five I minutes. Know, <laughs> <know>. <laughs> yeah.
1: For me, uh, Horatio goes snowboarding is really cool. Um, I'm not a big horror fan, but I really like horror visual novels. I don't know why. Like, there's just something about that, uh, that suspense it's almost like a stephen king book you know i don't want to see a slasher film but i, I like the suspense aspect so uh, for me the letter is definitely something that's on my radar of something that i'll probably wind up giving a chance to uh and and definitely you know emperors of angels 4 i know there was a big um uh, big push to get that over into uh english I know uh part of Switch Core, uh Joshua did a phenomenal job getting that over uh so that we can all enjoy it. And I when I saw that I immediately thought of uh Greg because he loves Fire Emblem and this is Fire Emblem, but instead of you know it's all all girls instead. Uh, and again, that's already out, which is really cool. And and Breakneck City, I think, is just a really cool aesthetic. Like it's just one of those things where you uh you just look at and it's it's almost like when you see Octopath. It's mm. like, oh, that that looks really, really interesting. How they did that HD, you know, old school stuff, and that's what this kind of looks like.
0: It's it's almost like taking that and putting it into three D. Mm. That's really cool. Yeah, and as as we're watching right now, if you're watching the uh, the video version, you're seeing like we're actually watching this uh, currently on the screen. And um, yeah, some of these are really cool. I'm definitely gonna have to go back and after we get done watch, uh, you know, recording, I'm gonna be watching this uh, <laughs> this for uh, for maybe the the second time, I guess, because I'm kind of watching it for the first time at the moment. Um, but excited to to see uh, to see more about these games for sure.
1: Oh. Yeah, it's nice that they're supporting the Switch so much too. Pretty much every game they put out comes to Switch.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah was it the last definitely. last uh event they they put out was like every game was was coming out to yeah. switch, is that right?
1: Well, this this one is too. I mean, this is just the announcement two of them are PS5 only because that's when they're coming out, but they they're already out in the Switch. They're just now coming to PS5. So every wow. game shown off here is Switch too.
0: Cool. Cool. That's that's really awesome. Um yeah, they they have a lot of love for Switch for sure. Um, looks like the the chat says uh Jakester says he might play the Empire game. So Yeah,
1: something. that does that does like fit
0: Jakester's uh personality too. <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, I think that's uh pretty much like our big uh news and that really just came, you know, several hours ago. <laughs> and so uh let's jump into the Game of the Year awards uh just a heads up uh just kind of a, a little bit of our format if you've never uh, watched or listened to our game of the year awards. Uh, we will be doing several different categories and we have all picked our top three for each of those categories. And so those categories are best indie game, uh, best third party AAA game. So this is the, like the higher priced games from third party developers and publishers. Uh, and then the best Nintendo developed and published game. Uh, so make sure we separate those because not always, but sometimes, you know, when we have a, a Zelda game, it's usually Trump's, uh, third-party games, not always. Um, and if Greg had, or sorry, Barry had his way, uh, last year, that probably would not have happened or the year before. <laughs> um, but, uh, so we, we separate those two in two different categories and then we talk about our best non-Nintendo game, um, cause we do have some, you know, there's we want to acknowledge there are other video game systems out there, and so we'll talk about uh, our best, either the games that we wish would come to Nintendo platforms or um, or that we actually did play on other platforms this year that we cannot play on Switch. And then uh, we have a little fun with our worst games of the year that uh, <laughs> those are those are always a, a blast to talk about. And then we finally get to our game of the year um, at the very end, the best Switch game uh, overall. So that takes into account um AAA games indie games nintendo uh develop and publish games all together we uh, we give our top three for those and some also some honorable mentions along the way so if you've not done so yet be sure to uh to ch- jot your your thoughts about your uh picks in the the chat and we would love we will uh you know interact with those throughout the time um after we're done um maybe if greg or barry might want to look over to our discord um we can kind of any anything we didn't grab from mm-hmm. the the chat room we can mention at the very end uh from our discord as well after we've went through all of our picks um as well so uh masked gregor in there is uh it's talking about uh yes, about xenoblade 2 yeah yeah greg you're, you're masked you don't don't acknowledge it yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh well uh before we jump into the actual games i'll I'll give people in the in the chat room and our discord and everything still some time to uh, put their own list together uh i thought it'd be fun just to start off the our conversation tonight just talking about uh kind of a year in review like how what was your thoughts about video games this year in 2021 um by itself, and then of course compared to maybe previous years. Uh, so, Greg, let's go to you first. How how do you think this year went in terms of uh, gaming?
2: I actually thought it did pretty reasonable, coming off of like a pretty lackluster like last year due to the like the pandemic really in full force last year. While it pretty much continued the entirety of this year, and, and probably will be going into next year. Um, I think they still had quite a number of. Re- s- quality releases over like this last year. So I know a number of them are either ports or upgraded remasters. And then there's quite a number of other ones that I'm sure we'll be talking about that make this list that no one saw coming that still were able to come out this year. So that was still, I overall, I thought it was a pretty solid year, obviously nowhere near like the best with like Odyssey and breath of the wild in year one, but it's, I would certainly say it's obviously better than last year and probably better than, um, like maybe two years ago or something like that as well. Hmm.
0: All right, all right. Jakester says a weird year for gaming. Um, I I think I agree with you, Jakester. I I'd like you to expand on that just a little bit, but uh, but I think he was I talking about 2021 for sure. Uh, for yeah, 2021. So, uh, Barry, what do you think?
1: Right. Yeah, I think uh, this year. I see. I didn't think last year was bad. I thought last year, despite the pandemic, had some real great bangers. Uh, this year I felt was uh was very front heavy with some strength in the you know towards the end uh, with the uh the middle being quite lackluster and uh it's the way I looked at it is like twenty twenty one I did a lot of marathons i was a, I, and the reason I was able to do a lot of these marathons is because there wasn 't anything really big coming out. I knew I had a month or so or two months, and i 'm like all right, I could fit these in with this year. I only did two marathons really and uh that was the beginning of the year right at the beginning of the year just starting in january which was devil may cry and then right in the middle of the year when it was dead which is when i did Denkin rampa Uh but other than that i i didn't have time to even think about any other type of marathon because there was always something gripping my attention and, and taking it and and for me that's all i could ask for if i could have at least one game that i'm super excited to play throughout you know at all times Mm -hmm. you know and just have it switch to me that's a good year It. i don't need in fact i don't want 500 games that are amazing like i don't need that because then it's like where do i pick oh my god and then the backlog gets bigger you know and i don't need like like so front heavy like i didn't get finished with new games until like april may because like january february march were just so front loaded that it didn't matter what came out i was i had games i was ready to play and nothing else mattered So I didn't think 2022 was bad. In fact, I think 2022 was a good overall year for some companies. And I think for some other companies, it was incredibly weak, which we will also talk about later.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I I agree with you guys. I think uh, Jakester said uh, kind of followed up and says a lot of highs and lows. I I agree. I think um, 2021 wasn't necessarily a, a year that we had. You know, we didn't have a Mario, you know, big, you know, there was there was a Mario game but it wasn't like a brand, completely brand new Mario game. There wasn't a completely brand new Zelda game. We got Metroid, um, which is cool, but it wasn't the Metroid prime four that we've been waiting on, like the 3d. So there was a lot of really solid games that came out this year, but there weren't any, I think that just ran away with it. Um, which we're, I think we're going to find out a little bit in our, in our picks for this year that, um, some of them are going to be varied between the three of us, um, because the, we did have a, a lot of different, like a, a smorgasbord, if you will, uh, of different types of games that came out this year. And I think, uh, and as well, we had a lot of really cool indie games. Um, and this year was a, a year that I jumped into indie games a little bit more than I, I had in the past, which is really cool. And to, to explore a lot of the, um, the rest of the stuff. Um, Jake's are saying, did I, did I miss up my years again? Did I say 2022 or something or? Is he just giving me a hard time in the chat room again? <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, yeah. So I think, um, I think, uh, there is a lot of highs and lows and everything, but, but overall it, it was a, a pretty solid year. Um, unfortunately, oh, Barry did. Okay. <laughs> um, but it's, uh, it, unfortunately, there was uh, a lot of companies that also struggled this year. Um, not because of, you know, from the pandemic or something like that, but making some poor moral decisions and stuff like that as well. Um, so we've seen, uh, several companies that have, uh, kind of took a, taken a nosedive, um, because of that, which is really unfortunate, um, We've we've not really said a whole lot about that stuff because we want to make sure that we're mostly focused on the games. But uh, it, as as we talk about twenty twenty one and review, um, it was a thing that happened. Uh, so uh, yeah, Greg, do you have any any thoughts around any of that stuff? Huh? I mean, I know like the middle of the year is
2: normally like always like late. Uh, you have a lot of like summer releases, so I think that's pretty typical that like the early part of the year is pretty heavy, like post-holiday. And then like pretty much right after summer like, concludes and like the school's resuming is usually when it really ramps up again right up to that, uh, the Friday before Thanksgiving. So it's I think it was a pretty standard year, all things considered, and we didn't really have – I mean, obviously there was like the, the sum, normal summer drought, but that allowed other things to be played. I mean, I was catching up a lot of games – Throughout the year, able to finish Mario Odyssey, some of the other ones that have been around forever that I'd never finished. So,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Barry, any any thoughts toward uh, the other unfortunate things that have happened this year in the world of gaming? <laughs>
1: Uh, I mean, there's definitely some negatives going through. And, and like Greg said, you know, he was able to finish up some previous games. And the reason you're able to finish up some previous games is because there's not a lot of new stuff. And that's usually when mm-hmm. people play the backlog is when there's not a lot of new. So definitely with the the way the world is has certainly affected things. Uh, certain allegations with certain companies have also affected things. Uh, it has not been a banner year for the gaming industry. But there, are, you could see there are definitely companies, and I think indies. I think we, you said it right. I think indies have sh- strived during this period. I think we're getting some really great creative indies uh, that are coming out there. But I think, in terms of the bigger studios, we are seeing some negatives. I think we're seeing a lot. Like it almost feels like 2021 didn't have the pandemic feel because most of that stuff was already in development. You know, so they were either able to finish it up at home or do the final touches. Uh, but going into 2022, you know, a lot of that stuff wasn't. And you look at some of the releases, like Grand Theft Auto released this year, and it was a mess. And those are old PS2, Xbox games. Like, what the heck? This is bad. And, you know, you look at Nintendo, honestly. Uh, I think this is one of the worst years for Nintendo, and I'll come out saying it. The majority of their games were ports or enhanced ports, you know their Zelda was a port their Mario was an enhanced port you know you had some new stuff a Pokemon I mean a new Pokemon snap which is new but Pokemon is a remake of an older Pokemon uh that was the this year it was pretty much here we are we're gonna do mostly enhanced ports or some kind of remakes Mario party even it was a new Mario party but it was comprised of all old stuff Mm -hmm. it was it was like there wasn't a lot of that new you know feel and like metroid dread of course was new um but that was something you knew was in development for a while that just didn't come into fruition that's been in development probably since samus returns uh which was what 2018 so Mm, 20 yeah so you you've got you've got quite a few years in development there so I do think 2022 is going to be a lot better. I think a lot of studios have started to adjust to working at home or working with smaller st- people or less people in an office at a time. Uh, they've kind of found their strive. And obviously with vaccines and uh, herd immunity and all this stuff going forward, I do think we're going to see a very strong 2022. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's going to be incredibly strong. Uh, and we'll, we'll get more into that in the predictions. But yeah. that's just what I'd say about it
0: yeah and i think that's that's interesting to, uh you you bring up all the the remakes and stuff that's the, something that stood out to me i think uh twenty twenty one was also it seemed like it wasn't the first year we've done this but it seems like the the growth of the uh the online i I know there's a better word for this and tell me if i tell me what that is when you realize what i'm saying but the online based game like the streaming game um that you're not downloading to your own system that you're oh the cloud-based cloud-based yeah cloud-based gaming um wasn't brand new for 2021 but it it definitely kind of it feels like it's it's trying to hit its stride here in 2021 and it i think it's going to be interesting where that goes in the future and we can get that into that in our predictions in in january um but uh but yeah the cloud based gaming and and things like that are really interesting, I think moving forward um, you know, of course, lots of rumors about some other companies that are you know maybe trying to uh to compete with the switch now and there's lots I feel like every other week we hear about you know Microsoft or Apple or Sony or someone trying to supposedly come out with another mobile uh friendly version of their of their home console or something like that too so yeah, that's, uh, there's a lot of interesting things that ha- started to happen this year. And I think some of them were pandemic, uh, kind of induced. Um, and some of them are just, you know, was just timing, uh, in, in the gaming industry as a whole. Um, but, uh, yeah, 22 should, 2022 should be, uh, really interesting for sure. And excited to, uh, jump into our predictions in the next episode on, uh, in January. Yeah. But, uh, let's, let's get into some specifics now. So there were some great games that came out this year and uh our first category we're going to talk about is indie games. So indie games we're going to pick our top 3 uh like I said earlier we're going to go through third place, second place and then uh and then we'll go first place. As we mentioned first place uh you guys can t- feel free to toss in any honorable mentions before you uh before you mention your first place pick. Um but uh yeah, favorite indie games of 2021 and uh pretty much this entire thing we're going to go uh in the order of Greg, Barry, then me. Um so that that way you guys know kind of what's coming up. So uh let's go third picks first for indie games uh and we'll go to Greg first. It really pains me to start
2: off with a game that I didn't um get around to cuz I kind of forgot that it came out this year, but without without i'm um, just having that said, it's a game that I'm very confident that I would have put on this list, and it could have even been the number one pick, and that is Axiom Verge 2. So that was a continuation of the first one, and I absolutely loved it when I played it on Wii U, and I think I also had bought the first one again on Switch even because it was that good of a game. So i very happy to see that they kind of continued on the story, and it will definitely be one I'm going to be picking up this holiday season and actually finally get down to play through it. So that's
1: number three is Axiom Verge 2. Nice, nice. Barry, how about you, number three? Yeah, I actually forgot about Axiom Verge 2. Uh, <laughs> I didn't play it, but I forgot that that even came out this year. Great pick. Uh, so for my number three, <clears throat> I went with uh, Mighty Fight Federation, uh, a game that wasn't on my radar until I uh, you know, got the code from Premium Edition where we were tasked with the developer, hey, do you want to you know, do this game? And we were checking it out and uh i'm a big Power Stone fan and i just fell in love just we haven't seen these 3d arena brawlers you know in a long time and i'm a big bloodstained fan so to get miriam in there is great and you know toe Jim, and earl and just to see these characters it, it's just so much fun and uh it's just so much content and you know it's, it's just one of those that that definitely took me by surprise and uh especially after speaking with the developers themselves are just great people industry veterans and you know i just keep playing this game you know just like it come back to it just like i'm just gonna do a couple free-for-all crazy rounds and just i always loved that as a kid doing power stone too with the four players so i'm like i was gonna do that and now i can again on the switch so that's my pick
0: nice nice that's awesome uh for me uh i one of the things that i love about indie games uh and i think i kind of alluded to this earlier is that there's so many different types of of indie games out there and uh and so my my third place pick is a game called in my shadow um it's a puzzle platformer that is incredibly heartwarming and uh, you dig in in the mind of a young woman who uh, is looking for into her like childhood and trying to figure out answers from her childhood and her past. And as you as, as the memories come to life, they come uh come to life like on as shadows like on her wall. And you have like over fifty puzzles uh to go through as you're digging into this uh really interesting kind of puzzle gameplay that has this um huge rich story um behind it. So um I love that indie games are. able able to like go in directions that, that other games maybe they're scared of or they just don't, you know, whatever the reasons are. But uh, indie games are able to go into stuff like this, and I love that. So uh, In My Shadow was number three for me. Cool. So, moving Greg, on to about, my yeah, number, number
2: two. Uh, I was just going to transition myself into number two. Go for <laughs> it. <laughs> All right, so um, this game actually doesn't really need a huge introduction because me and Barry had a nice... Um, uh, game chat about this game and that is actually trigger Witch. i was very impressed like with this game and i got really into it and i really liked the additional challenges that the game provided and it was like a perfect mix of like it's difficult but not too difficult so you really got to be able to handle the changing out of the different guns and be able to upgrade them and take down all these different types of enemies throughout all these um it's different dungeons. It's very Zelda-esque with guns, and it was very fun to play. So that was my number two pick, Trigger Trigger
1: Witch. Nice. Well, uh, I'm gonna make this really easy for Steve because my number two pick is also Trigger Witch. Uh, you know, we we got this, and this is one of those games that I just didn't expect to like when I first saw it. Uh, I was like, Yeah, whatever. And we got the email for uh, the codes, and I'm like, ah, you know what? I'll go for it. You know, it's a review code, and I couldn't put this game down. I had to finish this 100%. Uh, It just got me. And when a game gets me like that, it's just, I'm I'm like, I'm back to being a kid because that's how games got me when I was a kid. So it was was just one of those things where I love Link to the Past. I, I enjoy Twin Stick Shooters. Uh, And this game is actually, it's almost like more A Link to the Past than a twin-stick shooter, which is cool, because I love A Link to the Past and love Zelda stuff. And uh, yeah, if you you enjoy Zelda, if you enjoy 2D Zelda, even if you're not a fan of twin-stick shooters, you should give this a try, because the the twin-stick grows on you, and uh, you get to upgrade your arsenal, and it's just a lot of fun, and uh, I couldn't recommend this game
0: enough. Cool, cool. Yeah, it's always a blast when, uh, so just to kind of behind the scenes a little bit, um, Greg and Barry send me their picks and I compile everything and get it all worked out and everything. So it was really fun to see like, oh, look, they picked the exact same game for this exact same, uh, place. So that's, uh, that's fun. Um, I did not pick, uh, Trigger Witch for my second place, uh, indie game. Um, I still do well, I had the chance to review it. <laughs> I, that, that is true. I do, uh, I, I'm looking forward to playing it at some point. And every time you guys talk about it, I, I go, yep, I really need to play that game, uh, for sure. But, uh, but my get, my number two pick is actually very similar to my number three pick. It's another game that, uh, kind of just takes a different, uh, approach. And I love that indie games are able to do that. And, uh, so my number two pick is a game called road 96, um, road 96, uh, is an adventure that, I feel like that only an indie game can kind of create. Um, so along the way, you make a bunch of choices that, Uh, will determine the outcome of that game. And so you make a bunch of choices that will affect the rest of your adventure. And, um, there's a bunch of unusual characters. Uh, there's interesting story along the way. Um, there's incredible visuals. Like the visuals are really cool in this game as well. And it's got a 90s soundtracks, which is just, you know, that's, that's awesome. Uh, in my book, you put a 90s soundtrack and all of a sudden it just, a game is going to, uh, start ranking up in, in my book. So, uh, yeah. Road 96, um, bunch of different puzzles and, and story elements and everything. And that's, it's really cool. So, uh, that's my number two pick. So let's go into, uh, yeah. Number one pick for you, Greg. And, uh, if you have any honorable mentions, you can mention those before you, uh, jump into your number one.
2: Yeah. I couldn't really think of too many honorable mentions, but I did get one right. As we were talking, so I guess my main one right there would be the Mini and Mitchie, another game that me and Barry had covered. That was another Zelda-like game, but it was more of a co-op one. We got to control two characters, and I thought that was a very interesting take, and that was also a very good experience, but it wasn't enough to make the list. So I think Barry will be very happy with my number one pick. I actually didn't get a chance to start playing it until last night, and it really pains me to say that I should have been playing this all year long, and that's been Cathedral. So that was a really cool game that kind of reminded me a lot of Shovel Knight, and I picked it up right when it came out, and then it just kind of sat on my system for the last, like, 12 months or, or not 12, but 10 months or something like that, and then I finally got a chance to sit down and play it, and, man, I had so much fun, I can't wait to jump right back into it. You're exploring this big uh, castle-like thing, finding power-ups, upgrading your gear and everything and then you're finding more treasure and just repeat it's an awesome metroidvania game that is kind of like shovel knight but in some ways it's different so that was my number one pick
1: nice greg i am so happy to hear that we're on the same wavelength because my number one pick is also cathedral uh this game you know again it, it got on my radar because of premium and we started playing it I fell in love with it. I declared it as my favorite game that we've signed thus far when, when I did start playing it. And when I played it for, you know, just to go through it for release of Series 3, I put like 40 hours into this, 100%ing it. I absolutely, again, it was that same feeling where I just wanted to wake up and I just wanted to play more of this game because it's just that good. And, uh, you know, when getting to talk to the developers, this game was made after their work hours. This was just their passion project they made at home. Uh, And to make it so good. It's so good. It's so professional. Uh, It is just a a truly delightful game. If you like Castlevania, if you like Shovel Knight, if you like Zelda, if you like Metroid, uh, you're doing yourself a disservice if you're not playing this game. It is just, honestly,
0: that good of a game. Nice, nice. Well, um unfortunately I didn't pick Cathedral uh, <laughs> as, as my uh, number All one on, indie pick. Here. However, it is on my honorable mentions list because it, uh, it is a great game uh, for sure. Um, so just didn't quite make it, um, but uh, Cathedral's on there. Um, we had some great indie games like Eastward, uh, Spelun- Spelunky 2, Lost in Random, uh, Cozy Grove, Loop Hero, which actually technically comes out um, in December, so that's why we didn't also include that in our list. A Officially, we forgot to uh, announce that, but our list is December 2020 through November of 2021. So if you're like, why didn't they include like Loop Hero on that game? Well, number one, it's not quite out yet. And uh, number two, we are only going December of the previous year through November uh, of this year. Um, Subnautica is also uh, a great game, a great indie game that came out this year. Um, but uh, for me, I, uh, I chose to go with uh, one of Greg's picks. I just put it a little higher and that's Axiom Verge 2. Um, fantastic game. The original game was so good and uh yeah the the new one is uh just takes it even further i mean this is action uh adventure uh platformer it's metroidvania kind of style and then this this new world it does like greg said continue the story but but if you didn't play the previous one you could still play this one and totally be okay um it has this like ancient kind of feel to it but it's like this this other world um that you find out that there's just more to it than uh than what you would uh originally um think, I guess, when you first start playing the game. So um there's so much more to it. It feels like a Metroid game. I think that's that's the a really cool thing. So if you enjoy like classic Metroid, you will most likely enjoy Axiom Verge and Axiom Verge 2. So my pick uh for best indie game this year was Axiom Verge 2. So yeah. So cool to uh to see a little bit of variation there and and not so much with you guys as one and uh picks one and two but uh doesn't surprise me at all that you guys uh and it looks like the chat uh is also um totally agreeing like they they actually expected you guys to to pick the the top one and two the same so (laughs) not not surprising at all to our chat room (laughs) so yeah you guys have any thoughts about indies at all before we move on to the uh third party
1: uh, yeah, Indies have just been phenomenal uh, this year. There were so many other good ones. I didn't even get to mention my uh, honorable mentions because I just kind of went off with uh, Greg. But I, I put uh, Turnip Boy Commits Tax Evasion, uh, which was a great Zelda like game, too. It's just, to me, is just a little too on the short side. Uh, which, which honestly was a game we actually played for premium. We were in talks to do it. And then there is a physical uh, that we didn't do, but uh, we did enjoy it. But that was one of the things we had was it's a little on the short side. Like you could probably beat it in three to four hours. Um, and it feels like there should be more, but it is a lot of fun. And one I'm surprised, Greg, you didn't mention on uh, your honorable mention at the very least is the longing. I put the longing mm. there. Because that was just a, such an experimental game, uh, like Steve's talking about, you know, things that only indies can get away with. Well, The Longing is the textbook definition of something <laughs> an indie can only get away with, uh, where, you know, it will take you a very long time and it's a very slow game to play. But it had so much charm and, you know, the the character became like a household pet almost. Uh, just like the older computer games, so there's there's just a lot out there, and there's a lot we haven't mentioned. Uh, you know, it's just been a banner year for indies. I think they've really strived during the pandemic, uh, being smaller teams. And uh, I'm happy to uh, to see them, and happy to talk with developers and just work with them because they're awesome. Like, hats off to all the indie developers out
0: there. Absolutely,
2: Greg. Any thoughts? Yeah, there's yeah, there's definitely no shortage of quality titles from the indies, and in that. It's. I feel as what Barry said that they were really came out in full force. It seems like this year, and there was a lot of good ones there. And then even there's, I think there's plenty more that are being announced for next year. I mean, this is one of the more like years in recent memory that we've seen quite a number of these indie um, showcases. Like there were multiple mm-hmm. ones throughout the year, just because there's so many games coming there that they're they can't even highlight all the best ones either. So there's even all the ones that we talked about. There's still dozens of other ones that. That came out throughout this year. So you can really see that they were really striving and did really well this year.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think on top of what Nintendo offers too, I mean, you have stuff like East Asia soft, we already talked about um, and some of the other like physical publishers like um, premium edition and others that have been able to really highlight a lot of indie games. Cause there is, there's a, just a wealth of amazing indie games that are out there and, and they keep just coming out with more and more and more. Um, it's one of the things that, you know, the, the game, the official game awards are coming out this um, this Thursday. And uh, that's one of the games that are the categories that I always look forward to seeing because they're able to highlight these uh, independent developers who a lot of them very literally are just sitting in their house making this. It's like a one, two, three person team that is just uh, slaving away to to make their dream project. And uh, it's pretty awesome to, to see that happen.
1: So I want to go into Discord because we did ask people in Discord, hey, would you let us know your choices? And so only, only one person actually put uh, an indie game everyone else left a blank and that one person was the basement dweller and uh, he said 12 minutes which is another really fascinating game i know it's up for some game awards uh and that's one we haven't even mentioned
0: and there's another one for you there's just so many this year it is well it's so easy to forget these games because there are so many great ones uh which is which is really cool um in a, in a year of a bunch of remakes Indies were uh, just kind of continued to soar, which is which is really awesome. Well, let's move into our next category. And that's third party AAA games. So uh, these are not the independent games. These are the uh, the games that are made by, you know, Capcom and Ubisoft and Square Enix and those kind of companies that are third party companies that are making these top you know quote unquote top tier games um, these are the ones pretty much they're going to be costing uh, you know 50 60 bucks uh, to to play these games um, not the uh, you know the four or five dollar ten dollar fifteen dollar games um, these are the the big blockbusters if you will so made from third parties not nintendo uh, developed and published these are third parties and so uh, let's go to greg of course for your first uh, pick of third place All
2: right, so kind of continuing off with the last category where Steve said we cover from December through November, this one actually came out right at the time of our last year, and that is um, Immortals Phoenix Rising. So another game that I was trying to get some time into last night was this one, and I really enjoyed my time with it. It was really cool seeing the character level up and get these different abilities right at the beginning, just so then you have your tools to advance later on in the game so I'm still very early on and I selected like the story difficulty because I just wanted to just be able to enjoy that aspect of it and I really enjoyed seeing like Prometheus and Zeus kind of talking back and forth and I'm really eager to jump back more into that one so my number three pick was Immortals Phoenix Rising nice nice solid
0: pick solid pick. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, that would have, if, if December was included in our game of the year awards, uh, that one would have uh, made my 2021 list for sure. Uh, But this, this third pick was one that was originally supposed to be something else. And when I went back and remembered how many games came out and looking through, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe this wasn't picked and actually pushed another game to fourth place uh, for this one because I put so much time into it, and that is Shadowverse Champions Battle. This is a game that I was just like, wait, what? There's a Magic Light game on the Switch? Let me download this demo. And I did, and I fell in love, and I was like, what the heck? Uh, so I got the game, and I put over 100 hours into this, just collecting cards, you know, building decks, going through the story there's just so much to this game the 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 story itself is is juvenile in the sense of like a typical anime thing like oh playing cards is going to win the world like of course um but if you look past that and just you know enjoy the quirky characters and the interactions there's so much depth to this game The, the the amount of strategy to building a proper deck there's like an underground circuit where you can play with different rules where maybe everyone takes damage or maybe all, all cards deal double or some other kind of like old school magic vanguard rules to to put into effect and change up the whole way you play a game uh, to to strategies where there's puzzles where you have to pretty much win in one turn and you have to figure out the right combination of cards to play. Uh, it, it's just insane the amount of content in this game. Like, this is one of those games that you look at and you go, There's, this game has no right to be as good as it is or, or to have as much content as it does. And the truth is, it does. And that's not even tackling the, the online because I didn't play anybody online. But it has local and online play as well. So it's virtually infinite play uh, in that regards and just took me by surprise and deserving of that spot of third place for me.
0: Nice. Nice. Yeah. I, uh, when I, when I saw your list, I was like, you know, that, that doesn't surprise me that it's up there, but wow, that's a, that's a pretty high, high spot for, uh, for a card game really. I mean, but that's, that's cool that you put so much time into it, uh, for sure. Um, third place for me goes to, uh, a game that really captured, uh, my, uh my heart as a child back in the arcades and that is uh that's cruising Blast um such uh, i mean like really arcade racing on your tv or on the go like that's enough right there um but then we have like 30 tracks to to race in over on uh, like 23 different vehicles and that's not just cars. Like that's monster trucks. You can also race as a unicorn. Like that's just crazy. Um, so arcade racing is just a blast in general, but, uh, to have it like come back, uh, as one of those cruising games that, that I played so much of in the arcade, uh, growing up, um, and now being able to, to play on my TV and on, on the go. Um, fantastic game. If you're a fan of arcade racers, definitely check out, uh, cruising blast. So, and also you can play four players, um, which is really cool. So that's my, number 3 pick for a triple a game. So, let's move into uh number 2 spot and uh Greg, what's your number 2?
2: Well, I guess it makes it a lot easier to transition when it's basically the game that you just talked about, Cruise and Blast. So, um I was never like a huge fan of like the series and I don't really play like the arcades as much, but I do remember playing the N64 version and really enjoying it. So, like this time around, I actually Heard you guys really talking about how high quality this game was, and this holiday season, I went up and found a good deal on it and picked it up. And me and my daughter were playing a little bit this weekend, and we had a lot of fun with it. Like she was like, "Oh, it's just like that game we played in the arcade, Daddy." And I was like, "Yep, that's a sign of a quality game right there." That you know they can instant recognition, like recognition that she remembers that playing it like a over a year ago in an arcade. So. Um, that was my number two pick, Cruise and Blast.
0: Nice, nice. Uh, before Barry jumps in, isn't it cool that we now get to actually have recreations of actual arcade games and not just have the subpar version <laughs> anymore? That's just awesome. It's been
1: like that for a while, though. It has been.
0: But it's, you know, I, I just think back to like when I finally got Turtles 2 um, on yeah. my NES. I'm like, oh, this is not the same. But uh, now we can actually have it, which is so exciting. So,
1: Absolutely. Uh, yeah, Barry, number two. So my number two. This was a tough one, but uh, at the end of the day, I had to give it to Ease Nine Monstrum Nox. The Ease series is just—it's a one of those series that if you didn't play back in the day, you probably weren't alone. In fact, most people didn't play the original Ease games. They were overshadowed by the Zeldas and the you know, Mario's and the you know Metroids and all those. But if you enjoy action-adventure games, if you enjoy things like Zelda, if you enjoy rich stories and, and great combat, uh, then the Ease series, is just in general, is something that is absolutely worth your attention. And it's so unique the way they do the storytelling where each game is a different chapter in Edo's journal, and you follow Edo Christensen in each of these games and they take place in different time periods, but they all connect. So they will be referenced to previous games. And this one in particular, it's got a full 3D uh, exploration with the town where you can climb, you know, buildings, just literally run up the walls. You can, you know, fly and gloat, you know, float down like Zelda. You get six different characters that you can switch between and, and take their abilities. Uh, it's just an absolute blast. There's a mystery involved. There's, you know, intrigue of what's going on in this in this town. You can't leave the town. Why can't you leave it? Why are there monsters attacking? And and I don't want to get into the spoilery, but if this is something that sounds interesting to you, or if you're watching the trailer and you say, "Wow, this looks like something I would absolutely," you know, want to give a try to, then give a try to because
0: it's absolutely worth your attention. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, every uh that's that's another one of those games that uh I feel like every time you guys talk about it, um you talk about it, I'm like, oh, that looks so good. So good for sure. Um my number two game is uh a game that like in the series, uh I fell in love with the concept of it. Um and uh, Roth, uh, who is uh, one of our longtime listeners and in our Discord and everything, uh, him and I, I think, uh, fell in love with the, this series at the same time uh, back when uh, Monster Hunter Tri came out. And, uh, and then my number two pick is Monster Hunter Rise. Um, I've been a huge fan of Monster Hunter. There's a lot of times I can't spend nearly as much time with the game as I would really like to because it's a game that you need to really grind in and spend a lot of time just really uh, sinking into the game uh, and, and really pouring into it over and over and over again and uh, hours and hours. And so a lot of times I've not played nearly as much as of Monster Hunter as I want to, but it is a fantastic... Rise like has basically just taken it and, and of course, made it better, but also made it a little more accessible as well. Um, the the journeys, the, uh, the different... Um, uh, sorry, blanking on that word for right now. Um, like the different, uh, adventures that you can go on, um, are actually capped at a certain level. I think it's like 50 minutes for a lot of them. And so like it's purposed, uh, to make sure that you don't have to spend as much time. Um, so it's a little more accessible, um, but there's still tons of different stuff in there and, uh, new actions. You got canine companions and, and all these ag- additional things that makes, this already huge game have additional layers, uh, within it. And so if you've never, uh, checked out monster hunter, or if you have, uh, been a long time fan rise is definitely a, a, a game that you can jump into brand new, or you can jump into as, as a really long fan. It's getting praise like across the board and it's, uh, my number two pick. All right, let's move into number one for AAA games, and that, uh, of course, goes to you, Greg. All
2: right, so just have a really quick honorable mention. Another game that I had picked up this holiday season was the Super Monkey Ball Collection, but um, I did get a chance to play it, and it was pretty much pretty solid game that I'm sure me and my daughter will be playing more in the future. But uh, number one pretty much is pretty straightforward. If you've listened to the previous podcasts and other Games that I've um, played, it's none other than Bravely Default 2. So it's pretty much a no-brainer coming for me, at least. I really like the RPGs. I enjoyed the first um, two, even though this one is called (laughs) 2 before this one. uh, Bravely Second and um, just Bravely Default. So this was definitely an easy pick to pick up. And sad to say I didn't get very far into it, but I definitely have been feeling the urge to jump back into it and continue on where I left off. So that was my number one pick, Bravely
0: Default to. Nice, nice. And uh just so you guys know, there were there's there's a little bit of uh, you know, discussion behind the scenes where like Barely Default 2 unfortunately falls into that uh weird category of made by Square Enix but published by Nintendo. Where does it fall in our categories? And we finally just had to make a call and we said it it uh went in triple A. So just so you guys know, we had we had to just make a call and so that's why it landed in uh in this <laughs> specific category. So that was uh that was a fun discussion we had uh, behind the scenes. So <laughs> little little You know what else
1: that. kind of falls into that category? Cruise and blast. Oh, Nintendo it does, does own that true. IP. That's a good point. <laughs> if you look in the title screen, the top left does say Nintendo.
0: That's a good point. It is uh <laughs> yeah, it's not listed as published by Nintendo, but but yeah, yeah, yeah what you said is is correct. Nintendo does own it. Yeah.
1: All right, so for me, this was this was a banner year for AAA, uh for third party. This is a truly truly banner year. Uh, So my honorable mentions is a a little bit bigger list. My number four pick, which was honestly number three, I I literally had the trailer ready to go to send to Steve and everything until uh, I remembered Shadowverse was Persona 5 Strikers. Uh, Just a a phenomenal follow up uh, to Persona 5. Uh, Love that cast, love that storyline and highly recommend it. Uh some other recommendations. Uh Shimigami Tensei 5. I haven't finished it, but I've been loving it. Immortal Phoenix Rising. As I said, that would have been on my game of the year uh lists for 2021, but uh just I just felt it was overshadowed with what came this year. Uh Neo the World Ends With You, phenomenal follow-up to the first game, way better than the first one, and just a uh, uh, an awesome game. Uh The Voice of Cards, Isle of Dragon Wars, the only digital game that I actually willingly purchased because there is no physical. Uh just had a blast with it. Uh, many mentioned Super Monkey Ball Banana Mena is there. Monster Hunter Stories 2. I did not like Rise. I loved Stories 2. And uh, World's End Club was a lighthearted uh, romp uh, in the Dankan Zero Escape style. And Bravely Default 2 was also uh, there, as my honorable mention, which which wasn't originally in that list, but I had to add it there mm-hmm. when we decided on something. Uh, so my number one pick for third-party AAA Switch game for 2021 is The Legend of Heroes, Trails of Cold Steel 4. This series, like Ease, is another one of those series that you should be playing. And I stand firmly when I say Falcom is the best damn video game developer that nobody is playing because they make extraordinary games. And the world building that they have accomplished is unreal. This is Avengers Endgame for JRPGs. This is an incredible feat years upon years in the making that just, it plays out perfectly. And it's, it's so hard to stick a landing. And we've seen it before. We've seen games like Mass Effect where they failed the landing and, and, and movies where the trilogy, they fail the landing, Spider-Man, Godfather, stuff like that. This is one that just nails nails the landing you're looking at a well over a hundred hours you're looking at tons of quests you're looking at culmination of characters from the PSP to the Vita to the Switch PS4 all of that and this is uh, it's just a masterpiece if I had to describe it with one word masterpiece and well worth your
0: time nice nice well, uh, as far as I go for, uh, my number one pick, uh, actually, before I jump into that, um, love what you guys have, have mentioned already, um, honorable mentions that I would just add to that list would be, uh, I think me Tensei Five, um, someone mentioned in that as well. Um, yeah. Hot Wheels Unleashed was really good as well. Um, really kind of came out of nowhere. I didn't really think that would be that good of uh, an arcade racer, but really great as well. Um. Another remake, but, uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater one and two, um, coming to Switch was just like a surprise. Didn't think that, uh, remakes like that would actually come. And it's really cool that it did. And, uh, I really enjoyed Knockout City. Um, it's one of those free to play games. That's weird. Uh, but I think it kind of falls in a, a kind of a triple A kind of, um, style of game. Um, but Knockout City is really fun a- as well. Um, but, uh, but yeah, my, my number one pick, uh, is, uh, is a game that's been mentioned before. Who was it by? Uh, it was by Greg because it's Immortals Phoenix Rising. Um, so, yeah, uh, I really, of course, like all so many people loved Breath of the Wild. And this is pretty much just uh, Breath of the Wild put in a mythological uh, um, kind of world an adventure. Um, so it's not not as good as Breath of the Wild, um, but. It's still incredibly strong, and uh, in fact, if you basically just picture a 3D Zelda game in more of a mythological world, that's kind of what you get um, in uh, in Immortals: Phoenix Rising, and uh, you'd understand why this game would be so good. So, if you're into that kind of uh, adventure sort of stuff, if the mytholo- mythology kind of stuff uh, intrigues you, um, yeah, I just I just love this game, and I love the fact that you can climb. Stuff because Breath of the Wild kind of ruined me on that. Like every game I played after that, I want to climb walls, and Immortals lets you actually climb the walls, which is great. So, um, Mortals: Phoenix Rising gets the top nod for me for uh, AAA games uh, for for this year. And it, as we've said before, it came out the tail end of 2020, so uh, it stood with uh, by past like all these other games uh, in my book, but. Like, as we've said before, um, all these other games that we've mentioned today are all fantastic, for sure. Um, any thoughts about uh, AAAs as a whole before we move on to our next one? And then were there any picks in our Discord that we may make sure that we, uh,
1: yes. that we uh, uh, acknowledge? So in Discord, we had several picks. Uh, we had, uh, Jakester said, Monster Hunter Stories 2. All right, there we go. Uh, Dave said, Shin Megami Tensei 5. Uh, and Basement Dwellers said No More Heroes 3.
0: Nice. Nice. I uh I wondered. Uh I was actually surprised that uh No More Heroes 3 uh didn't arrive on any of our list. Um but uh but it definitely was one of the most anticipated games, uh for sure. Yeah. Um Greg, any thoughts about Triple A uh, before we move on to uh top Nintendo games? Certainly seems like they had much better showing
2: this year, because I know in some previous years I had kind of troubled like filling out the list. So, like this year was, seems like it was much easier to actually put a bunch of games I actually really wanted to play. And it kind of stinks that there's probably some that I forgot to even add in the honorable mentions because I didn't even get, like, I was kind of rushing through my list last night. So, um, I thought it was a very strong year and I really hope to see more support from these third party publishers.
0: Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Barry, any last thoughts? I, I thought it was an
1: incredibly strong year for third parties, uh, you know, triple A and, and slightly smaller on uh, just a lot of, you know, continuations of series, a uh, long awaited titles and just some, some really experimental. And, and like I said, some remakes, it still fell into the remake thing. Uh, you know, monkey ball, you mentioned Tony Hawk. Uh, so the remakes were still there, but it was just, I think a real banner year for, for, <laughs> for a third party.
0: It's true. It's true. Well, let's jump into our Nintendo category. And these are games that were uh, developed and published by Nintendo themselves. AAA games, um, historically. Not to give anything away, but historically, these are the Marios and the Zeldas and those kind of games are typically the ones that kind of dominate this kind of a category. So just going to give you a a frame, you know, a a, a frame of thinking as we jump into this category, what to expect. Um, So third place, Greg, of the uh, top Nintendo games, what's your third place?
2: Kind of more of a surprise and finally a return to form for a series that I really enjoyed. Playing, um, especially most recently with my daughter, it's Mario Party Superstars. So it's finally a return to normal Mario Party game, no more uh, riding in carts and playing together. It's just, I know it's kind of a remix of all the different boards from Mario Party 1, 2, and 3, and uh, pretty much a reissue copy of the top 100 uh, minigames. But I mean, together, I mean, that's, you're, Obviously, seeing lots of quality. It's some of the better mini games throughout the series, and it's on some of the most well known and well like, well liked uh, maps from the early games in the series. So, I was very impressed, and they even got into have the first time having online multiplayer for the first time, like actually playing the board games in, with multiplayer, not just mini games. So yeah. that was my number
1: three pick, Mario cool. Party
2: Superstars.
0: Awesome. Barry, how about you for number three?
1: Number three for me is a game that I have a love-hate relationship with, <laughs> uh, and that is Pokemon Unite. And the reason I have a love-hate relationship with Pokemon Unite is simple. It's simply this: it's if you have a team that is great, then you will be able to kick ass and uh, and just be able to have a lot of fun. And if you are you have a team that sucks balls, you will be very, very frustrated as they run around like idiots and fail to help you and you lose and de-level because you're with a bunch of morons. So there's <laughs> where the love-hate relationship comes. When the game plays well and you're with a good team, it plays extremely well. And when you, you're a bunch of morons, you might as well throw the controller down and go have a taco or something because you're not getting that win. And by just doing nothing, you're probably going to get that MVP.
0: <laughs> I, I, lo- I love that you're like, yeah, throw it down and go grab a taco. That's, <laughs> but still third place, which is really great. So- because
1: you know what, I've had a ton of fun, and I put in like a hundred hours into that game. To be honest with you, uh, it's just, there's a lot of fun to be had. And when you're with friends, if you had a squad of friends, forget about it. I've had some fun with just some friends, and it's just great. Um, but when you're with randos, it's like any online game. You have it's like a you know, as far as Scump said, you know, playing online is like a box
0: of nuts. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> I, I experience that all the time with Rocket League. I I know exactly there what you're you talking <laughs> about. And then I get into uh, Pokemon Unite, and I. I know precisely what you're talking about. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so my number three, uh, coincides with uh a game that's already been mentioned and that is uh greg's pick as well um so yeah mario party superstars uh for my number three um i was a huge fan of the original mario party games n64 gamecube especially and having these games back is is just a blast to to have them back um you know it as Greg alluded to earlier, to like the, the craziness of riding all in the same car and all that stuff of the later Mario Party games are just was awful. Um, so to have them back, you know, I would have I prefer to have a, a great like new Mario Party game. Um, but you know what? This as a whole is is a great game um, and definitely deserving of, of the number three spot. Um, but if they were to create a new one, it would edge it out. But uh to have a um, hundred games from the original uh NC four and, and GameCube games uh is awesome and the online play is is just fantastic to have. So that's uh my number three pick for Nintendo Games. Now let's move on into number two and uh Greg, what's your what's your number two?
2: I was actually kind of surprised at how much I've actually really enjoyed this game. Um, unfortunately, it's another like remastered type game, and that's Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury. So um, for the Wii U version, I actually didn't think Mario 3D World was like the best kind of game. But for some reason, it fits so much better on Switch because they took out all the motion controls. Nice. So it's my primary issue with the Wii U version. And then they also added in Bowser's Fury, which is like almost like a merging of like 3D World with like Odyssey. And that was super incredible. I had so much fun tracking down all the different cat shines on, on Lake Lapcat. So I really hope they turn that into like a more of a full game. I would definitely be down to get a game like that. That's my number two pick, Bowser's Fury and Super Mario 3D World package.
0: Nice. Nice. All right, Barry, how about you for number two? You might as well just click that play
1: button because I also picked Mario 3D World and Bowser's Fury. Uh, again, I talked about how the the early this year like hit, and this was an early early release this year. And uh, you know, I, I I bought this for Bowser's Fury, uh, and this this fell right in between Ease uh, Nine and Persona Five Strikers. So I'm like, oh, I'll just do Bowser's Fury, and I'll uh, plenty of time before Persona Five and I just fell in love with Bowser's Fury, completely had a blast going through and and beating it entirely. And then said, well, I still have some time. Let me just mess around in 3D World. And then I wound up doing 3D World 100% and just falling back in love with it, uh, even though I did it already on the Wii U. Uh, It was just, you know, a lot faster. I think I did it in just a couple days. Like, it just, it was a very breezy game uh, for the most part. Uh, Still some challenge, but a ton of fun. I mean, it's, it's Mario. So if you enjoy 3d Mario or, or even
0: 2d Mario, this is absolutely worth your, uh, worth your time. Absolutely. And, uh, I would agree because it's also my number two pick. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. Um, 3D-, <laughs> 3d world is, uh, one of my favorite 3d Mario games actually. And to have it, uh, in HD, like even better HD on, uh, on the switch and, Um, that that's alone was, was good, but then Bowser's fury really surprised me, um, of how good a game it is. It does get repetitive at times, um, facing him a lot, but, but it's not. To the point where it was frustrating or annoying or anything like that it was just it added to the challenge and uh and i spent a lot more time in that game mode than i expected to i thought it was going to be a quick you know just a, a quick add-on um but the next thing i know i'm spending hours um beating that mode and trying to 100 percent it so yeah that's uh it was uh really surprising and that was it was number two for me as well so Let's uh, move on into number one territory and uh, any honorable mentions uh, and then your number one pick, Greg.
2: Yeah, just uh, two honorable mentions. Um, Skyward Sword HD, another remastered game. And um, unfortunately, didn't have a lot of time with it, but um, I did like Skyward Sword originally on Wii, but um, obviously not enough to make number one here. Um, WarioWare was another surprise entry that, kind of surprised me at e3 this year so i did play like the demo and really really enjoyed that and it's put on the christmas list to be getting in the next few weeks here again not good enough for number one and it probably is going to be a pretty shared consensus across the board metroid dread so um this is this is obviously the game of the um year for nintendo this is like their biggest headliner for all their games that they released and I have so much fun playing and I can't wait to continue on tracking down the rest of the Emmys and upgrading Samus to be super powerful. Like she always has to be at the end of the game. So number one, Metroid dread.
0: Nice. Nice. We lost uh, Barry for a bit, but he he jumped yep. right back in, so that's good. It's good. Uh, yeah, weird disconnection. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Barry, what's your what's your number one pick or any I'll honorable do mentions honorable as mentions.
1: well? My honorable mentions, yeah. Uh, so I put Skyward Sword HD as another honorable mentions as well. Uh, you know, it's another it's another port, and uh, I think a lot of people wanted to see a three pack, uh, which would be nice. But again, it's another port. I put Cruising Blast there as well uh, because I put it in the Nintendo category because it is a Nintendo-owned IP. Uh, Metro, um, I put in Mario Party Superstars as well, which I enjoyed, but for me, there was a lack of unlockables. Like, if you're playing solo, um, it gets boring fast, but having those unlockables really helped. Like, Super Mario Party had, like, the minigame solo uh, mode where there was different challenges, and they tasked you with things. I found that a lot more fun, and I actually enjoyed Super more than this one uh, just because of that. I felt there was more to do. Uh, and I put warrior where get it together as an honorable mention uh, again, it's super short uh, unlocked everything and like no time flat. Uh, I was done with it in a day and I didn't even put that much time into it. I think it maybe like two and a half hours, Uh, And to me, it's like, I waited so long for a new WarioWare game and to get just that that short amount of time with it. And it was also kind of unbalanced with the different characters. Like some characters I absolutely hated controlling. uh, So I've picked my favorites. And sometimes if you got the wrong character at random uh, through it, it just made a minigame that much harder. And it was frustrating to fail because they picked a harder character for you. Uh, But my number one should be no surprise. It's Metroid Dread. I mean... Uh, we've been waiting for a new Metroid game, especially not only Metroid 5, but specifically Dread since, you know, 2001 uh, 2002 era, and uh, yeah, just to be able to have this and all those rumors, to finally make it true uh, it's just an awesome game Uh, it was one that I wasn't even sure I was going to 100% and then I said, screw it, I'm even doing the Shine Sparks, I'm doing the 100%, let's go for it Uh, and uh, yeah, it's just was my number one Nintendo title this year.
0: Nice. Nice. Well, uh, before I jump into my number one pick, um, uh, you guys mentioned, uh, Skyward Sword HD. That was on my honorable mention, but also, uh, a game that, uh, I think needs to be mentioned for what it does, um, is game, uh, game or game builder garage. Um, I think it's just, uh, it's not going to be, you know, at the top of everybody's, you know, game of the year list, but it's a, it's a great, awesome uh opportunity for people to learn the basics of creating games and i'm really excited i think we i mentioned this uh, on the podcast when this game was announced um i'm really excited to see the next generation of developers that come because they started on mario maker or they started on game builder garage or something like that um so that was uh, another honorable mention for for me um but uh yeah no no big surprise it's uh it's metroid dread um, for a number one pick. Um, and, uh, just a little history. I, I actually, um, didn't like the first Metroid game. I know, shoot me. (laughs) Um, but, uh, I just thought it was a little too slow, but when super Metroid came out, I was immediately a fan and, uh, and loved it. And so it was really cool to just take that style and, uh, ramp it up to amazing HD graphics and uh, a really cool gameplay, there are some things that I don't like about it that I've mentioned before on the podcast, uh the pairing and things like that. that get a little bit annoying, but it's not to the point where you have to do it all the time. Um, Like Barry said as well, there's some there's some aspects of the game that are kind of frustrating, but it's not it's not to the point where it would make me hate playing the game. I just hate those little parts of it, but they're small in comparison to the overall game. Um, So, yeah. It's enough where Metroid Dread really surprised me. I wasn't sure how it would be. I know there was a lot of anticipation behind it, um, but it actually did uh, fulfill uh, a lot of those expectations and uh, came through as the number one Nintendo game for me. So congratulations, Metroid Dread, running... Running through uh, all of our number one picks. Also, we yeah. shared a number two pick and almost shared number three pick.
1: It was that
0: <laughs> close to almost sharing number yeah. three pick. So, yeah, uh, Greg. Sure. Uh, I'll, I'll go,
1: to, I go yeah. to the Discord. Let's go for it. Uh, so, Jakester also had Metroid Dread. Uh, Dave also had Metroid Dread. And Basement Dweller also had Metroid Dread.
0: <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, it's like uh, the,
2: front of the wild year without Mario Odyssey. It's like, what other game do you put down? <laughs> it's
0: true. It's true. Uh, yeah. Any any other thoughts about Nintendo um, games this year, Greg? Any any further thoughts before we move into the next category?
2: It was definitely a, a heavier um, remake remaster type of year, um, and I had a feeling a lot of these might have been supposedly for last year, but then got kind of delayed. So, because um, I feel like Nintendo's at least had like a pattern for Switch where like at the even years, it feels like they're a little bit more remake and remodel, like heavier. And then like the odd years are where they have whatever like games like Metroid Dread, Breath of the Wild, Mario Odyssey type games. So it kind of felt more like these were some of the games that were supposed to hit last year, but the impact of COVID kind of, push that back.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, any thoughts uh, further on this, uh, Ellen Barry?
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know why I just keep disconnecting. It's weird. <laughs> uh, I think this was Nintendo's weakest year of the Switch. I will come out and say it. Since 2017, I don't think we've seen a Nintendo this week since 2016, 2015. Um, not to say there weren't good games this year, uh, because there were, but if you look at our list you know, sometimes they're unanimous because those are clearly the best games in a sea full of other great games. And sometimes they're unanimous because it was nothing else to pick. And if you look at the original titles this year, Dread Red was original, WarioWare was original, New Pokemon Snap was original, Game Builder Garage was original, There's a and there's a Big Brain Academy just came out, but that's technically December. Um, that's it. You know, Bowser's Fury was original, but it was tied with 3D World. Skyward Sword was not. Pokemon was not. Mario Party was original in the sense of it's a new package, but it's old stuff. Uh, you know, there's just so many of these titles that it it just felt weak. Mm-hmm. It 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 felt so weak in fact that I feel like they're ramping up for a comeback. But 2021 was just in my opinion, the worst year for Nintendo on the Switch.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree with both of what you guys have said. Um, lots of remakes, lots of things like that, and uh, yeah, not the not the Metro Dread is a bad game, but uh, but yeah, if it came out in a in a year with um, you know maybe a, a brand new you know Breath of the Wild sequel or Odyssey sequel or something like that, then then we'd be competing for number one for sure. Um, doesn't mean that's a you know any less than a game but now we have some competition but this year it was it was as soon as i played metroid dread it was like yep this is nintendo's best game this year um you know hands down because um there wasn't much to compete with it um this yeah. year and and uh yeah.
1: jakester actually mentioned Advance wars which was delayed but that was also another remake <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly yeah so hopefully we got some stuff on the on the horizon um either you know some brand new games new IP new uh you know uh new new games rather than remakes or maybe just you know switch eight uh, switch 2 or pro or whatever is coming out and they're they're holding back because of that who knows uh, <laughs> but uh let's turn our attention away from Nintendo for a bit Uh, Let's actually move to the other world of video games that is outside the uh, little bubble of Nintendo. And uh, some of us have an opportunity to to play other games on other consoles, whether that be mobile or or Xbox, PlayStation, um even Apple Arcade, uh things like that that are out there and uh some of those games don't make their way to Nintendo consoles. So we just thought it'd be fun uh we've been in I think the last couple of years uh just our, our top games that are on other consoles, non-Nintendo um and uh just kind of go our top 3 picks for these as well. And uh yeah, excited this is this is something so varied usually because um there's so many great games out there there's we just put all of the other games in one category uh so lots of great stuff out there and uh yeah if you're interested in you know playing other games on other consoles this is a category to pay attention to or if you're interested in you know what's out there if you just play nintendo but you have no idea what else is out there um this is a a category to pay attention to so let's go with you first greg uh number three for non nintendo games
2: think in some previous years, I've usually had some variation of this, but this has been the series that almost always gets me to consider getting an Xbox, and that would be Halo Infinite. So I haven't really played the Halo game since Halo 2, but it really almost pushed me getting the original Xbox, and when they keep adding the series, and it's like, oh, then I should get the 360, then I should get the Xbox One, get the Series X, and all this other stuff. So it's if I had, like, Infinite amount of money and time that would be definitely a game and the console I would pick up to enjoy. Number three, Halo Infinite.
0: Nice, nice, solid number three pick. Uh, Greg or Barry, how about you for uh, number three?
1: Well, the good news about my number three is that it is coming to Switch, mm. uh, it's just not coming to Switch uh, this year and it's coming next year. Uh, but that is Life is Strange, True Colors. Uh, I've fallen in love with the Life is Strange games. I think they're, uh, especially that first game, is one that everyone needs to play. And of course, it is coming to Switch next year, which is great. Uh, these are just really thought-provoking titles, where you know you get to live in this world, and you get certain special powers that lets you connect with characters and really make you have the decisions and, and the, the main point is, it's all the characters. These are character games and there's, there's some action, but it's not action in the sense of like fast combat. It's all exploration action and and decision-making and sometimes quick decision-making, but uh, True Colors is not as strong as Life is Strange. And it's, it's not as strong as Before the Storm, in my opinion. And I put it on par around with Life is Strange too, but it does tell a very somber tale leading to the mystery of what's going on in the small town and why are things being covered up and uh, the ability to read people's emotions. And some of this stuff just really pulled at my heart. Uh, Like one character is going through dementia and you can see that and you have the the chance to tell her about something bad that's happened or not tell her and leave her in a world where she doesn't remember. And that really brought, came home to me with my own grandmother. And to, those are the real decisions. Those are real life choices, real tough choices. Not should I get the mushroom or the, the fire flower kind of deal. And, uh, I think that's something that is unique to the series in, in a lot of ways and, uh, absolutely worth experiencing and giving this a shot and uh you know it's, it's they're all connected but not connected at the same time so it's one of those where you can jump into this game at this point um they're just set in the same universe but uh you know this is just one I do recommend
0: that's cool that's cool yeah i love the the cinematic Kind of storytelling that they're able to do in, in games like that for sure. Um, and going a completely different direction, um, my number th- three pick is not cinematic whatsoever. Um, but it's a it's a fantastic game that uh, really tugs again on my my childhood of uh, playing the original Flight Simulator. Um, but uh, now being able to play this brand new one on my my Xbox is so gorgeous and uh, really the the next best thing from actually getting in an airplane and, and going, you know, trying to actually fly it myself. Um, and which, you know, is on my, my list. I would love to eventually own a plane and have a pilot's license. Um, so, uh, yeah, um, this is so great. It's so beautiful. And, uh, if you are, if we're ever into flight Sims at all, um, this really just, just takes it up so many notches above uh, what they've done before. And, uh, so cool that I can, play it on my xbox i think when it first came out on pc it was like you know that'd be really cool but i don't have a high-end gaming pc to to be able to run this thing um but now being able to play it on my xbox is is really awesome and uh yeah takes the number three for a non-nintendo games uh is microsoft flight simulator so let's move on into uh number two greg
2: so as I was review, re-reviewing my trailer, I might have just pulled the Steve oops and um, picked the game that's actually coming out in December, or it just came out like a few days ago. So um, this one's actually Solar Ash. It was just like a game that I was looking through different lists, and it looks like it would be really cool. It was just kind of like a dash and kind of slash game, and it looked like a lot of fun. And then obviously I just realized now that it probably just came out at the beginning of December so um don't we have another pick to replace that so like number two i'll stand by with a solar ash
1: nice it still works because december counts for next year's game of the year so it didn't come out for switch in 2021 that's true
0: yeah this World. this whole category is kind of uh you know just a it's an extra category anyhow so we don't have to stick to uh you know hard rules on this one <laughs> Yeah. um but uh yeah it's not nearly as bad as mine you know greg i i like you're trying to put yourself in the same category as me but picking a game that came out three years before uh for a category <laughs> is is not quite the same i think i mine's still <laughs> a, a worse decision that year
2: <laughs> so. well you're the time traveler so you get time up all the time
0: <laughs> <laughs> but uh solar ash does look really cool i actually hadn't heard of that so that's pretty cool um barry how about your number two pick
1: uh my number 2 pick was one that kind of came out of nowhere. I really didn't pay much attention to it and then started hearing the buzz and uh I really enjoy what Bandai Namco does and uh that was Scarlet Nexus. This is just a really cool action RPG where the combat is just so fluid and seamless and you get these like telekinetic powers to pick up like buildings and trucks and poles and rocks and throw them at enemies while you also get to enhance your abilities with your teammate, your squad, gaining either invisibility or the ability to do like a levitation and then combo it by multiplying like rocks by like a hundred and dropping them on enemies to turning your attacks into fire or into lightning and, you know, moving at supersonic speeds and just doing all these really cool uh, abilities with your squad mates, and it has that the whole aspect of building up your teammates, and the the better relationship you have, the more like the stronger they are, and like all the enemies are like these really like Picasso-esque designs, and is really freaky world and trying to figure out what's going on in a story that involves time travel and it's it's one that's broken up into two parts so you get to pick which side you want to play as and then you could always go back and play the other character and see all the other events that were happening at the same time uh it's just what you can do in this game is crazy amazing uh just a ton of fun and if you enjoy platinum style games um, you should be playing this game. It is just awesome.
0: Cool. Cool. Um, yeah, it looks like we're looking into chat and a lot of people have either never heard of these games or kind of forgot about it or haven't heard much uh, since they were released or announced. So it's pretty cool. We can uh, kind of just bring some awareness to these games. Um As I was looking back, uh, a lot of the games, in fact, I think all three of these uh, games that I I put on mine have been compliments of a uh, gigantic... Uh, extra like six months somehow I got of uh Microsoft game pass this year. Um, I, I think I was only supposed to get one month for free and they ended up giving me like six months for free. So I was able to try out a lot of games this year on uh game pass. And, uh, my number two pick is one of those games that, uh, I got for free and I heard a lot about, um, and thought it looked really interesting, um, And I started playing it and uh, really didn't think I was going to enjoy it. And then the next thing I know, hours have gone by and I am still playing Psychonauts 2. Um, And uh, yeah, just a, a great action 3D like platformer kind of game. But there's puzzle elements in it as well. And you're able to dive into the, the minds of different people. I love how you're able to reconnect people's thoughts. So there's just these puzzles that you eventually get into where um, they have these thoughts that are thought bubbles basically. And, and it's basically if you, if you think of the movie inside out um, but kind of weird and strange um, and then more fleshed out, that's, that's what psychonauts Two is, is all about. And so like really able to jump in these things. And so they had these, these thought bubbles and you're able to like reconnect their thoughts. So for instance, if they have two thoughts that make them, hesitant about jumping into stuff themselves and they don't like they don't take risks but you need them to take a risk to further uh, the story along you need to reconnect their thoughts to something else that would allow them to like be more open to taking risks and uh, and you'll do that by jumping through these actual thought bubbles and uh, jumping from uh, different ones and connecting them and puzzle kind of form. Um, There's a lot of action uh, adventure in it as well. So it's not just puzzles. It's kind of a mix between the two. And uh, yeah, I, I really I found it surprising that i couldn't put it down um and it's weird it's strange um so if you like that kind of stuff but you do like the action adventure but like that weird art style and strange uh concepts um highly recommend psychonauts 2 well let's move into our number one picks and any uh any uh honorable mentions as well and uh let's first go to you greg
2: um this is one of the few categories i can't really have an honorable mention because i don't have I've never owned a PlayStation or Xbox, any of the oldest ones, to be honest. Not even like PlayStation 2 or the original Xbox. Um, this was just a game that I was just kind of looking for uh, other game, like fun games that I was just researching through best ones released in 2021. And this one really caught my attention. And that was um, Oddworld Soulstorm. So it looks like it's a 2D kind of Metroid like game and you're kind of going around exploring there's like hordes of enemies you got to take down and stuff and it really looked like a lot of fun to play and i really hope a game like this would come to the switch because it doesn't seem like it wouldn't be able to but yeah that was my number one pick odd world soul, Sto- soul storm
0: Nice. Nice. I've heard a lot of good things about the Oddworld uh, series. I've never played it, but I've heard a lot of good things. And every time I see trailers and and gameplay and stuff like that, it looks really good. Like, they're doing a really great job with the animation uh, and everything. So, yeah, that's really cool.
2: Everything just looks so gorgeous in the trailer. I couldn't neglect that. (laughs) Yeah,
0: absolutely. All right, Greg, or uh sorry, Barry, I keep doing that <laughs> over and over tonight. It's like I <laughs> haven't known you guys for like five or six or ten or whatever years. Uh <laughs> we gotta do some math at some point. Um, like good. actually, Greg just just celebrated your uh your anniversary ten. at Nintendo Fused didn't need <laughs> <it>? ten <laughs> years. You know, that makes sense when I think about it. Again, I'm messing up with time. Like, of course we've I've known you guys for longer than five or six years. That that would not make sense at all if it's just been that long. It would if I time traveled, but <laughs> but More yeah.
2: confirmation that steve is
0: one <laughs> there you yep. go i i'm just a covid brain that's what i'm blaming it on in this covid brain <laughs> that's a real thing uh, well, <laughs> well you never know greg with
1: your choice because the other odd world games are on the switch so the soul storm could yeah, follow suit i need
2: to start checking those out so i do remember seeing that subtitle before so
1: yeah there's three of them on the switch so you have choices Um, So for me, I did have two honorable mentions. Uh, One was Steve's third pick, Microsoft Flight Simulator. Uh, Just had a lot of fun with that. And the other one was uh, Forza Horizon 5, which I just barely dabbled into and uh, need to have more time to go more into it, but I've heard nothing but great things. Um, But my number one pick should be no surprise to anybody who knows me. uh, It's Tales of Arise. I mean, the Tales of series is just... A, a, a phenomenal JRPG series going back to the Super Nintendo. I've loved every iteration of it. I play them. You know, it's like a like a holiday when they come out. I, I couldn't wait. In fact, my collector's edition got delayed, and. I got mad at them and they sent us a code because I got delayed and the code didn't work. And I was extra mad because I I couldn't play right away and the code just wasn't turned on yet. So then, of course, it did work. Uh, So I never even opened my physical because I just played it digitally because that's what I got for being delayed. But uh, it's just this is just an amazing story. Six great protagonists. There's no weak points in any of them. Uh, you got a really cool story between two worlds and one world conquering the other world and and just how each react to each other and the prejudice that goes on. the combat is fluid uh, i wasn 't sure if I was going to like the combat, and I did fall in love with it uh, The combos are great the you know leveling is great the the action is great it 's just one of those things where you just can't stop playing. The more you play, the more you want to know, the more you want to do the quest and see the heart, like the, the heart to hearts or the skits. And, and there's a lot. There's a lot of skits and there's like 400 skits. Uh, so there's a lot of character building and relationships between them all. And, you know, it's, it just culminates in such a great, Uh, conclusion, and it's one of those rare games that actually has two different openings, because the first half of the game is one game, and then the second half is another, and yeah, if you like JRPGs, just do yourself a favor and play this
0: game. Tales of Arise is amazing. Nice. Nice. Um. Yeah. So, uh honorable mentions for me. I actually mentioned it earlier. Um, is one of those games that just snuck in. Um, so it actually did come out. I think uh, right before December. Um, so officially, it is is in this year. Um, that'd be uh, Rocket League Sideswipe I'm really enjoying it. Um, it's a mobile game that uh, kind of snuck in there uh, as well, but um, only only on mobile. Uh, so check that out if uh, if you're if you've been interested in it. I mean, it's it's a free download, so it's really easy to just check, just check out. Um, um, but for me, uh, it's actually um, Barry's honorable mention uh, but my number one spot, and that is Forza Horizon 5. Um, man, it's such a. Ah, it's so uh, we're talking about like good looking games. Forza Horizon 5 just looks incredible. It makes me want to like upgrade every TV or anything that I own in my house so I could actually get the most the best version of this game that i can um wants me makes me want to get one of the uh the series x xboxes and all that stuff because i know it could look better than what i'm seeing um but it's so fantastic it's 50 percent bigger than forza horizon 4 like 4 was already a huge game and they made it 50 percent bigger so it's an open world arcade game there's a bunch of like multiplayer uh modes that they've stuck in this year so like one of the modes you're you're chasing around uh pinatas and popping them uh, see who can pop the most pinatas so i i really enjoyed uh the regular forza games but i i realized that i enjoy a more arcade style than the the simulators and and horizon has a great way of just really making it fun um but still looking looking like a sim but behaving like an arcade uh game and, and i think it's the best of both worlds for for me um so yeah Forza Horizon 5 um definitely a completely different experience than Cruise and Blast um but uh but both really fun games and uh if you have a chance um this is a game that's never going to come to to a Nintendo console but um but if you get a chance to to pick it up um make sure you you do cuz it's a it's a fantastic game uh, for for racing fans for sure Um, yeah any uh, any picks from our our discord uh, for for uh, for non-nintendo games at all
1: Uh, yeah let me see so non-nintendo jake's just said ratchet and clank that was a big one this year uh dave said lost judgment he's a big yakuza fan so that doesn't surprise me and uh basement dweller also said 12 minutes
0: Hmm. nice, nice, good stuff for sure yeah uh like comparison to nintendo we we just kind of struggled there, but third party was really good um nintendo had had a rough year this year um what did gaming what do you think about gaming on other consoles this year greg what do you from from what you saw from the outside kind of looking in um was it a good year for uh for the non nintendo stuff
2: it didn't really seem like it was that much, like, different. And I felt like they were almost kind of in the same spot. I don't know if it's just the types of games that I'm interested in or whatever, but I didn't really feel like I heard tons of buzz for a number of the games that came out this like year on other platforms. So, it almost... Obviously, it's probably better than Nintendo's year because it was obviously all remakes and Metroid Dread, but it didn't seem like it was anything, like, blown out of the park, like, amazing type year. So... Yeah, I don't know. That's what I'm gathering. I don't know if there's stuff that I missed or whatever, but that was my thoughts I have right now. So
0: yeah, I think there uh, there are some things, but uh, but yeah, I think for the most part, um, I, I hear what you're saying for sure. Barry, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, you know, when I was doing this, it was really hard for me to actually pick games that weren't also on the Switch, uh, which was incredible because usually, you know, I have no problem with this category, um, but in reality, so many of those games came to Switch, and uh, I got saved with Life is Strange because that was supposed to be on the Switch. I was like, oh wait, that got delayed, I can use it, uh, because it, it's just so weird to see these games actually arrive on the Switch. I, what? Uh, and that's awesome. Like, Persona 5 Strikers would have been probably up there in my non-Nintendo list, and it was like, oh, that's coming to Switch. What? <laughs> Ease nine. Oh, that's coming to Switch. Cold Steel yeah. 4 coming to Switch. What? <laughs> Wait a minute. Uh, you know, it's amazing to see some of these titles actually hit the Switch. And more and more are doing so. Uh, I don't know if that trend is going to continue as we move more into the PS5 Series X uh, territory, however. Uh, mentioning Odd World, um, That could have made it onto the Switch with some compromise. Uh, I guess they just didn't feel it was worth the, the effort or energy to do that. But I, I think we'll see. But even even that being said it was still a great year overall for for gaming and like i said it it was hard for me to pick those categories cuz a lot of those were on the switch didn't mean it was bad for other systems it means it was great for other
0: systems because you got these games plus a lot of the games that were on the switch yeah yeah it is uh it, it's cool to see that that gap i mean we're still seeing some old games ported to switch but uh but it is cool to see that gap uh lessening and lessening you know it's not like we're only getting Third-party games on Switch that were released, uh, you know, five years ago on Xbox. Now we're getting, oh, that was just one year ago, or sometimes you know six months ago, or sometimes day and date. They're uh, they're putting it on all the all the consoles, which is really cool, and and it is like you said, making some of these uh, picks little little more difficult than than we've had in past years because they're actually you know putting the games on a Nintendo system. Which is surprising. Um, so uh, let's uh, let's now move to uh, a fun category. I mean, all the all the categories are fun, uh, but it's now time to talk about the worst games of the year. Uh, so these are these are games that we just, you know. Just really didn't do it for us. Um, and in previous years, we've had some games that have been, uh, that have made us, uh, not just that we didn't have fun with, but that made us incredibly frustrated and, uh, made us want to, you know, throw down our, our, controllers and go grab a taco instead or or something else uh that was even remotely more fun than than these games so uh this is always kind of a fun uh turn before we head into the game of the year uh our last category so uh let's have some fun with talking about our worst game experiences this year and uh of course greg let's kick us off with your number three pick
2: i really liked your foreshadowing that you were using because you were describing uh, Barry's fra- phrase of using the go get a taco instead. And he also talked about how he had a love hate relationship with this game. But mine was more just really didn't really enjoy it a lot. And that was the Pokemon Unite. Um, I'm not a huge fan of like MOBA games on Switch. I'd rather just have it on mobile. And yes, it's on mobile. But it's, um, as Barry said, like you sometimes paired with these incompetent people that don't know how to play the game and that is very frustrating for a game that you're supposed to enjoy with other people. So I didn't really have anyone else to really play it with. And I know my daughter was really struggling as well because like she was not doing the being the best player on her team, but that she was also getting creamed because other players were dropping out of that as well. So um, it, I feel really feel like they need to fix that balance or at least make the AI that replaces them like actually like play the game because... It feels very unplayable when you have at least one person that's out. But yeah, that was my number three pick, Pokemon <laughs> Unite.
0: You know, it was really, really funny when I saw that come through. I'm like, that's that's great <laughs> that uh, one game ended up on one person's best of the year and one the same game ended up on one person's worst of the year, that's, that's awesome. Uh, cause we have, we all have three different perspectives and, uh, hopefully you guys appreciate that, uh, about the podcast is, is that we, uh, we come at things from, uh, from three different perspectives. So, which is great. Um, yeah, Barry, uh, what's your number two pick for, or sorry, number three pick for worst of the year. Oh, and we lost Barry. Just when it's time for him to talk, he's like, "You know, I'm out of here. I'm 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 done with Greg making fun of my uh, my picks for the third best game of the year." And, uh, we'll and get you know, <laughs> he gets he gets a little upset. He went to go grab that taco. Exactly. <laughs> he's like, "I'm done yes, with this." I heard you. gonna grab it the taco. You know,
1: it just as I was talking, it just like disconnect. I'm like, "Are you serious?" <laughs> Uh, As I was saying before the thing decided to rudely interrupt me, uh, my number three pick for Worst Game of the Year goes to Silver Falls Episode Prelude. This is a horror-style third-person game that just it feels like it tries to be extra ambitious, and, and I feel the developer had a lot of ideas that they wanted to do. But the game is and and they they apparently describe it as intentionally dark i hate dark games and i'm not talking dark as in like oh it's a little spooky like it's just really hard to see anything it's nighttime it's foggy everything is black uh it just you can't see anything and then you got these texts where these people are trying to tell the story in text and they're just popping up nonsensically and you 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 don't know where you're going and it just it just didn't work for me and i wasn't feeling the story i wasn't feeling anything i was just getting lost and frustrated and uh i i i hate to rag on somebody's passion because you could tell somebody was so passionate about this they called this episode prelude because they clearly have more plans to go further and i hope they do i hope they go and make 100 games and they all uh, enjoy you know and people enjoy this guy's creations. but for me uh, i
0: checked out i just couldn't do it anymore hmm yeah, that that looks that looks bad. Um maybe maybe by the time the uh first episode comes out it becomes daylight or something. Um man, I'm glad it looks like uh Kevin also uh you know um agrees with you and <laughs> said he he got a code and did not enjoy it at all. Um so yeah, thanks for taking one of the team there, Barry. Uh, <laughs> um my my third pick uh is not a horrible game. Um, but it's also not a game I, I really enjoyed. I thought it would be something that I would enjoy. Um, but, uh, not so much. And that's, uh, Tanuki justice. Um, and, and it's a game that actually does get praised by some people. Um, but I think it's just, it falls in that, that small niche of people that really just want to put themselves through some punishment. And, uh, that wasn't me. Um, and there, there's a difficulty there, but I think it's also made, uh, extra difficult because some of the, the weapons and stuff just don't stretch very far. Don't, they don't shoot across the whole screen. Um, and it really needs spot on controls and you really just can't get that kind of spot on controls. I think from, from a switch controllers, that's part of that. Part of this frustration is because of, of the switch controller, um, but I think that's just the kind of the game that you really need. And, uh, yeah. So to justice, uh, number three, it's not a horrible game, but it's really, I did not enjoy it at all. So that's uh third worst game, uh, uh, for me. Um, Greg, let's, uh, let's move into number two.
2: I know this might be kind of a
0: surprise
2: to some, and it's actually more just about the way that it was done that i had to put this on the list but um it's actually the n64 online application so not only do i feel like that it's very overpriced and i also feel like the games haven't really been as good of quality there's all sorts of issues like we trying to detect like the save pack from the controller and like mario kart 64 and all sorts of these other issues that people have been reporting on and nintendo's just like oh well i guess we like hearing from our fans and if we see the need to make improvements then we will so it's like it's not really an admission that they'll actually fix it and it's a shame because this is something I was really looking forward to is having N64 games playable on the Switch and that's very heartening or disheartening for me to have this on this kind of list but that was my number two the Nintendo um, Switch N64 online app
0: mm. yeah yeah uh, it's an unfortunate pick, but I, I hear you, Greg, for sure. Uh, number two for you, Barry.
1: Yeah, about that uh, save thing with Mario Kart. I, that was like that on the Wii Virtual Console as well. Uh, I don't think Nintendo's going to repatch old games like that for for small issues. It's pretty much just playing the ROM. So uh, you know, asking them to do something like that is uh, let's let them fix online stuff before they worry about that. Um, but yeah that definitely i hear you there uh, my number two was a game that i actually had high hopes for uh it was part of the summer games fest it was showing off with cool music video with weezer and weezer was in the game i'm like what this looks awesome what's this tony hawk with with boats sign me up and that game is wave break and that game is terrible <laughs> like just terrible it's like it tries to do these really cool things, and it fails so spectacularly. the camera is ass. the control is ass. you can get out of the the boat and you have a gun for some reason and you can just shoot for for shooting's sake i mean it's got the tony Hawk checklist, the hidden tape and the get the letters and all that stuff um, that's all there, and it would be great if it controlled well i mean there's there's levels where you have to like go up ramps to like the top. And then like jump off and you're trying to go up these ramps in a boat and yeah you can get off on, on foot if you're lucky and then climb up get in the boat and fall it just doesn't play well and it's got a death match which sounds really cool. And I went to try the death match and I waited for about an hour and nobody joined my game. Uh, and no, but no other games were out there. So it tells me no one's playing this piece of hot garbage. And that's understandable. But there is a Weezer level where there's Weezer in bear, like they're, they're as bears and they're playing on the concert and they're playing their one song that they put on the track and you can ride around it and get clipped and fall into pits. And it's just bad. And it has so much promise. But it's just bad. Don't uh, play this game.
0: That's fantastic. Um, but, you know, I think uh, I saw on there that it's the it's the um, something, uh, was it the Death Stranding or something of, of wave racing, though? I mean, didn't that make it good? <laughs> <laughs> play,
1: play it for yourself. Let, yeah, let's see yeah. what you think, babe. <laughs>
0: garbage <laughs> <laughs> uh my number uh two pick is actually uh, a game that we talked about recently on a podcast and uh that is crisis wing um man i like shmups a lot but uh, i did not like this game um and i've talked about it, like i said on a previous podcast it was uh you know, I think it there's so much potential there, but I really did uh, not enjoy playing it. It's uh, there's there's certain aspects that the the difficulty just ramps up so much uh, so quick that there's no way that you can actually uh, like get through the game without dying. I think that's it's literally impossible to do that. And even though there are unlimited continues. I still have not beat the game because I wanted to put it down and grab taco instead. Uh, So, um, yeah, did not enjoy it whatsoever. It's not a horrible game, but it definitely was one of those that I only played it because we needed to review it. And uh, I wanted to put it down after three minutes and I decided to give it maybe 15, 20 minutes because I knew I needed to, Um, but uh, did not enjoy it at all. Um, So unfortunately, Crisis Wing is is number two. So let's move into uh, number one territory. So this is the worst game uh, for us this year. Uh, And any dishonorable mentions you can also throw in there uh, as well before you give your number one pick. Go for it, Greg.
2: Um, Yeah, I didn't have any dishonorable mentions
0: this time around.
2: And um, unfortunately, this was a game that me and Barry, again, did a review on earlier this year. Um, it was one that's not quite my cup of tea, but I understand that other people may actually like this game. And that's um, Long Ago, A Puzzle Tale. So it's kind of like that ice block moving type puzzle where you have to kind of solve it. And then if you don't get it after like 40 minutes, then it actually gives you the answer. And that I feel like that was kind of a big downside to forcing you to try slightly different things and not make the actual progress to get there. So um, I was not super impressed with like the ice block type puzzles. And I mean, the story was pretty fun and goofy, but the gameplay was just kind of um, dull and repetitive and was honestly kind of not, like I was saying, not really the game for me. So that was my number one pick puzzle tale. <clears throat> All,
0: right. All right. That's uh really interesting because I really enjoyed that game. (laughs) (laughs) But hey, like I said, perspectives are different, which is awesome. Uh, Barry, how about you for number one?
1: Uh, I did have a couple of dishonorable mentions. I also put Crisis Wing as a dishonorable mention. It, it didn't hit my top three, but like you, I played it more for the review. Uh, I didn't finish it. I got farther than you did, but it just became a war of attrition of can I get to the next checkpoint by using up all my bombs and, and lives and hope I can just do that. And it, that's no longer the game I was expecting to play. Uh, and I also put, which I'm sure Jake's is probably expecting to be my number one, but I put Balan Wonderworld as a dishonorable mention. Um... I had high hopes for this game and I, I think this is my most disappointing game of the year because I did have high hopes for it and I was really excited for it but it just fell flat and the demo made me want to, you know, just to hurt people. It was just <laughs> bad. Um, But it didn't hit my top three um, and that says a lot about my top three. Uh, But my number one game or the worst game of this year... There's a game called Art of Rally. This is a game that was, I believe, done by the internal Drift uh, developer. Uh, I'm not a huge Rally fan, but this game is so simplistic in terms of its graphics. It's it's insulting, I think, to see on the Switch. And I can get it if it was stylistic. The people look like toothpicks. They're literally aligned with a colored blockhead, and that's it. Like the Game Um, of Life. Like the game of life. It, it, <laughs> if in, if it played well, I could forgive that as a stylistic choice. But it doesn't. It plays like ass. You fly off the track and then it pen, pen, uh, penalizes you. You got to go back on the track. And even if you're trying to do like little shortcuts, it doesn't matter. And then they try to do some open world things where there's stuff to collect. And I get that. That's super ambitious. But I'd rather them focus on playing it well, like having the control well. And then maybe make it look, I don't know. Like, not a th- like an early 3DO Atari Jaguar game. Um, that's just my hope, my wish. I don't know, it wasn't for me. I know some people love it, and I don't want to rag on those people because you would like what you like. But for me, its game was terrible, yeah. it was just bad. Yeah,
0: it's interesting that, like- uh, that some of the you know, some of the retro, you know, art looks good and some not so much. And uh, I think that maybe falls in that category of please don't remake that stuff. (laughs) Oh, well, let's uh, move into my uh, number one uh, worst game of the year. And um, unlike Barry, who put it as a dishonorable mention, uh, it's my number one worst game of the year. And that is Balan Wonderworld. (laughs) Um, So Jakester, you're welcome. Uh, this was a horrible game uh and with so much promise and i just uh, it made barry want to hurt someone and maybe want to throw up um bad camera control was just oh so bad and then bad controls on top of that one button for everything that's just that's horrible. That's like, you know, like what Barry said about one game, like going back into like graphic style of, of a 3DO. Let's go back into the, the control style of the uh, Atari 2600 with one. In fact, didn't the 2600 have two buttons? Um, So we just had one no, button on this. One. We just won. Okay. okay. And so like, yeah, it was just bad controls, bad camera, bad story. It was just not in, in exciting for me at all. I was confused at what was going on. Um, I, I really, like, it was, I found it nearly impossible to, to make it, um, to, to think of actually anything good about this game, <laughs> like, except for it was, the music it's is pretty good. It, it's okay. That is a good point. The music's good. The graphics I thought we're going to be good and they turned out to be bad too. Like it had so much potential. Like, yeah. Um, not nearly maybe as, as bad of, of graphics as, as Barry's number one pick, but, uh, still, yeah, it was not good. Music is probably the only redeeming, uh, piece of that game and just, just get the soundtrack and just enjoy the music without the gameplay. Um, so that's, that's my number one pick. Uh, and I never want to touch that game again. Uh, all right. <laughs> uh, I mean, so yeah. I'm not gonna be the one
2: going out to buy it, but I actually didn't think it was that, that bad, but mm. it's,
1: uh, it's super cheap now. I, if you want to give it a shot, it's true. It's true. And well, I would uh, recommend playing the demo if it's still available.
0: If it's still, available, I, have I don't a demo know.
2: And I, yeah. I mean, the one button thing was really awful. I definitely agree with that, but, um, definitely needed to use other buttons that when you have like seven or eight of them available.
0: Right. Right. Uh, do we have any picks uh, for worst game of the year in the in discord at all? Uh, yeah. So we've got um,
1: Jakester put bow in Wonderworld. big surprise. Uh, Dave put uh, a get it together. I uh, said, so looking back in the new WarioWare, I was kind of disappointing coming from the last one on the 3ds. This one lacked a lot of the extra charming stuff. The series usually has, and Basement dwellers said, "Bow in Wonderworld.
0: Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jakester also put in the chat that uh, also weird worlds with stuff that disappears when you get close to it. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, it, it may look better than like a, a 3DO game, but it behaved very much similar to, to something like that as well. It's it's weird. And he said that the demo was removed as well. Um, <laughs> they don't want people to know how bad it is without paying for it, I guess. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah. And any thoughts about uh, the worst games this year, uh, just in general? Greg, you got anything?
2: Um, I could, not really too much to add. I mean, obviously, we all have our different tastes and preferences. And you've even seen, like, well, Barry liked one of my games and Steve liked another one. And then um, I actually didn't hate Ballon as much as both of you guys apparently did. But um, I'm not going to say it's anywhere close to game of the year quality or anything like that. But, um it was definitely very confusing and the button look, the controls were God awful as I was just saying, but I, I don't know. It didn't feel as that horrible to me. Like the platforming parts were still kind of fun and I don't know, I basically completed the demo. Hmm. Yeah.
0: Barry, any thoughts?
1: I mean, every year has bad games, right? I think this year had a lot of potential with games. And I think you saw that with all of our picks, or at least the majority of our picks. We mentioned about the potential being better. I mean Greg put Pokemon Unite. I like I love Pokemon Unite. Uh and you felt the potential was should have been better. And you're probably right. There they could definitely do more to that game. Um, you know. I talked about Wave Break, how that had huge potential coming in with with you know getting the spending the money to get Weezer in there. I mean that can't be cheap, especially licensing the music and it being ass and of course, Bowen Wonderworld was the biggest disappointment with with all that Yuji naka Square Enix like this is going to be amazing and it's terrible uh, so i think I think that's the moral of twenty twenty one is that the worst games aren't necessarily the worst games because they're just bad it's it 's more that they had a lot of potential. And they just failed to meet that. But yeah. the ambition was there. There is very much ambition there in all of these games. Sure. I think, I think you know, even Crisis Wing, uh, you know, there, there was ambition to be a good shooter. It, it just failed to meet those expectations. Silver mm-hmm. Falls was very ambitious from a small team. I think maybe even was one guy. It just failed to meet those expectations. Uh, and and I think that's just, I think, I uh, think a Puzzle... The one you picked uh, long ago, that was, uh, I think, one guy, too. Um, again, you know, it, not every game's for everybody. So I think as long as there's ambition out there, we're going to get some great games. But there, we're also going to get some games that are just too big for their own good or too lofty for their own good, and they are going to fall on their face. Uh, but we need those bad
0: games to appreciate the good ones. It's true. So in in summary, we're not mad. We're just disappointed. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. Um, we expected better of these games (laughs) it was just really 2021 as a whole you know we we really thought it was going to be so much better than 2020 and we're really just disappointed that it fell short (laughs) though say? yeah
2: that was basically i was saying i mean i understand that the tastes are not there for everybody and people like different games and that's everyone can have completely different lists for different reasons so there's going to be some people that don't like Metroid Dread because it's $60 for an eight-hour game. So it's like there's all sorts of people that have their own opinions on stuff, and there's some not really a wrong one to have most of the time unless you can't really defend it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, for people that buy that game and just rush through it in eight hours, more power to you. Because I did definitely not Beat that game in eight hours, um, <laughs> for Metroid Dread. Um, but uh, let's move into our final category, and this really is the 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 the, the ultimate category. Um, why we're all here. We're going to want to know what is our best game of the year. And uh, so here's here's what happens with this specific category. Um, other categories are are kind of factored in a little bit, but this is really the the key category um, of our top Switch games of the year. So. Everything included uh, into one top three list from each of us, and uh, these are actually then categorized, are uh, uh, counted together, and points given to each of them based on where they fall into our over uh, overall list, and then we will award the top three uh, collective. Uh, at the end of this category, so we'll jump into to this uh, some uh, actually, all of these games, uh, I'll just say um, that we're gonna be mentioning are all repeats um because they did fall into other categories like if they showed up on this list and they weren't mentioned before that is a that's a big mistake on our behalf um because these games are all mentioned before that's why they're on this final list for us so we'll spend a little less time uh talking about each game this time because we've you've already heard us um divulge all of our our thoughts on on them but uh but yeah we'll go through just like the other categories third Second, first, and then uh, at the end of all that, um, after we you know consult what you guys have thought, uh, we'll give you our, our top three picks overall. So uh, let's jump into the number three pick overall for Switch, and uh, go to you first, Greg.
2: This one was a little bit harder to pick, for me at least. Um, so I went with one that really honestly surprised me, that how much I actually enjoyed it, and that was actually Cruising Blast. So that was my number three pick, and I thought that was well-earned because I had a lot of fun playing it and still looking forward to playing it some more, especially with my daughter that really looks trying to help me hunt down the keys and get first place.
0: Nice, nice. Cruising Blast, moving into number three spot for Greg. And uh, we'll keep on moving through number threes. Uh, going to you next, uh Barry?
1: Another surprise, like you said, uh, this year definitely had surprises. And going in to this year, this was not even on my radar. I had no idea this game existed. And that was Shadowverse Champions Battle. Uh, as just somebody who loved magic growing up when magic first came out and it absorbed me for a good five, six years of my life, uh, just to be able to kind of get back into that. Magic is so, so, grandiose now i I wouldn't even know where to begin uh so this was like getting to start fresh and uh just to have that experience again it was like being back in high school and i absolutely loved it and uh, yeah i could just sing this game praises all day It just it really surprised me
0: nice nice it's uh cool and expected from what what you've said about this game but uh Kind of crazy that a, a card game ended up in, in your top three of all, of all year. Hey,
1: you know what? There's a demo. It's free and it's one of the best demos because it's, it carries over the save data. Uh, give it a try. That's all I could say is it it's, doesn't cost you anything
0: but a little time. And if you like card games, <laughs> you can't go, can't go wrong. That's really cool. Well uh number three for me is uh is a game that uh like I've talked about it of course already. Um a, a series that I've loved and I think uh Monster Hunter really um hit a really great point where uh, we we came into Rise this year, um, so yeah, number three is uh, Monster Hunter Rise. Really takes that Monster Hunter style, but uh, makes it a little more accessible, which is I think really important, so that more people can get into the game. Um, but adding extra features, it's even, even bigger game than before, and uh, and I really like to have the idea of having a fully fleshed out Monster Hunter to be able to take on the go. Like we've had DS and 3DS games before, but they're smaller. I mean, it's still a big game, but it's smaller. Um, but to be able to have the full uh, Monster Hunter experience on the go with like solo campaigns but multiplayer is where that game is at um, and it's really cool uh, to have that um, on the Switch so Monster Hunter Rise uh, falls into the number 3 category or number 3 spot for me for game of the year Uh, let's move on to number 2 Greg well this
2: one was obviously still another hard one but obviously with having the a number two pick is my number three, then it kind of is more fitting that the number one should be this number two. And that's bravely default two. Um I really enjoy this series so much and I'm very pained that I have not played this game as much as I should have. So that's definitely going to be on my list as we go into the new year is to try to beat this game as well.
0: Nice. Nice. And uh, lots of demos out on the mm-hmm. uh the shop they keep releasing more and more demos so lots of opportunity to uh check this game out even if you uh you know not sure if you want to go in and and jump in and buy the whole thing um there's there's always I feel like they're always releasing a, a new demo out for bravely default 2 so that's cool. Uh let's move into uh number 2 for you Barry.
1: Yeah I mean bravely default 2 was a great game it was one of those big big titles in March but it was not one that that hit into my category in fact only one of those titles from march made it into my top three overall and that was ease nine *Monstrum nox just just going across the city the the action the the story the dungeons the the characters the the dialogue it just it's so awesome and the, the twists and turns that come they had me by surprise and when you when you write stuff You know, it's very hard to be surprised because you start seeing tropes coming, you see twists coming, uh, you expect certain things, and this game took me by surprise. I did not expect the twist that they were going to do, and when it was, I was like, this is genius, I love this, I love everything about this.
0: And he loved it so much that he, uh, you know, got cut off once cut, again. Cut. So uh, <laughs> we'll bring him back in and he can, uh, you know, keep telling us his thoughts about uh, Ease 9 There he goes. <laughs> oh, and now he's muted. You See, know.
1: The, u- the universe is trying to stop me. From- <laughs> no, I'm not muted. No, you're good. I'm not muted. You're muted okay but the universe is trying to stop me from so see that's that's a conspiracy that's that's telling you that you need to play this game because the man does not want you to but yes Ease nine is just it's just one of those things where if you uh if you like action rpgs there's there's virtually no reason not to give this a shot this is going to fill you with plenty of plenty to do and it's just so good and the fact that it's on switch uh really really quickly after uh ps4 that's awesome uh, but yeah definitely check this one out
0: that's cool that's cool um, <laughs> yeah it's funny that um, I think last year last year's game of the year awards I kept having uh, computer issues um, so it's it's only fitting that one of us has some issues every year for our game of year awards I guess um, so yeah so moving into uh, number two uh, territory for me um, <clears throat> this is uh, you know when you have a game that's uh, you know, what, what do they say that um, mimicking or, or copying is the biggest form of flattery? And uh, a game that uh, was just so excellent uh, in Breath of the Wild uh, that, you know, might as well just copy it. And that's Immortals Phoenix Rising. Um, found its way into my number uh two spot uh it's just a fantastic game um it's not quite as good as uh Breath of the Wild but it is still really really good and um you know if uh if if it was last year it probably would have made its way you know into uh some in some top places there and uh I wasn't sure how this year was gonna go um but it still uh made its way into the number 2 spot after uh all these amazing great games that came out this year um a game that came out uh, last December still made it into my number 2 spot for uh best Switch game and uh yeah again that's Immortals Phoenix Rising number 2 so well, let's uh let's move into number one. It's the thing that uh, everybody's been waiting for. They've been they've been like clamoring, or, like just get through everything else. Tell us what your number one pick is. So, Greg, bail them out. What was your number one pick?
2: Um, I'm guessing this is gonna be one of those consensus kinds of years, just based on previous discussions. But maybe I might be wrong. I don't know. Uh, my number one, at least for this year, was Metroid Dread. I absolutely love, um, Samus and all the different Metroids games. The first one, as you said earlier, was kind of harder to swallow, but the rest are like very awesome and very magical. And I always love playing through them. Like again and again, for the most part, I've played through the prime games a number of times, the, um, super Metroid a number of times. So it only fitting that Metroid would be in my top spot for this year.
0: Nice. Number one, Metroid Dread. Metroid Dread, number one. Barry, how about you for number one?
1: Well, clearly, as Greg said, it's got to be... Me- no. No. This is the first year that Nintendo does not get into the top three for me because I think it was Nintendo's weakest gear in a long time. Metroid Dread is a great game, but it doesn't break my top three, and it doesn't take my number one. So I'm going to be the combo breaker. I'm going to be the, the odd man out, probably, but that's okay, because my number one, and I will stand by it as the best game released this year, is clearly Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel 4. I'm sorry. There's a there's a, such a thing as a masterpiece, and then there's such a thing as a great game. And there's nothing wrong with liking both of them, but a great game does not compare to a masterpiece. And it, that's just it. it. It's just like comparing... You know, any great movie to like Infinity War or Endgame. If on its own, it's different, but with the build-up, that build-up is what makes those those movies so great. And the build-up is what makes this game even better, because it truly is just a magical experience and probably something we won't see again. And yes, the series continues on from this. This isn't the last game, but this is just the culmination of everything thus far, and it's just so amazing and if you haven't experienced the
0: series yet you really should nice nice yeah I think uh I think that's uh it's it's one of those series that I I have I had no idea like how big and and like like you said it's like in-game kind of uh you know quality and that's so cool I didn't you know, there was something that, that totally like shocked me. I'm like, wow, this, there's this whole world that I had no idea about, which is why it came my number one. No, just kidding. Uh, I picked Metro Dread. Of course, <laughs> <laughs> of course I did. Yeah. Um, while that game would like, from all I've heard about it and, and everything from, from Barry and what I've seen, uh, definitely, you know, falls into honorable mentions across the board in every category that it could be. Um, for me i really enjoyed metroid dread uh, so much um poured in so many hours and it's i think it's that happy medium of of really it's a difficult game and i love that the fact that they didn't stray away from making it difficult but it's also not super frustrating um and that's that falls in that really sweet spot of um of what i really love and for me like I know, like Barry loves RPGs and all that stuff. Like for me, action platformers are where like I love to live. Um and uh and so like uh, a game like this where it's got some puzzle elements, action platform all together, some a good level of difficulty. Um Metro Dread really it had me uh, hooked and uh, and I love what they did with the game. And uh, yeah, there's. It's not a perfect game, but uh, but yeah, it was enough to really uh, to take my number number one spot. So so all great games, but uh, but yeah, that was that was my number one. Um, so yeah, let's uh, let's go to Discord uh, see what people other people were saying and everything before I sure. give you the calculations of our of our final top three. So
1: Jake just said uh, best uh, overall game of the year: Monster Hunter Stories Two. Uh, so good, good representation there. Dave said Shin Megami Tensei Five. I couldn't agree more. It's a fantastic game, and uh, Basement Dweller agreed with you too with
0: Metroid Dread. Nice, nice. Yeah, uh, do you guys have any final thoughts just in general uh, about this year? Um, before we before we announce the uh, the final. Uh, the final, you know, top three uh, after all the calculations and everything. Uh, Greg, any any thoughts that you haven't shared already about uh, about the games this year?
2: Yeah, definitely want uh, Mercury Steam to keep going with 2D Metroid. They've really shown that they can really do it with Samus Returns and now Metroid Dread. So I really hope that there's some new stories that develop that way for keep 2D Metroid going strong. Because so I know Retro Studios has the 3D Metroid under control, and that's They've also done a very good job there as well. So I props off
0: to both of them for keeping Metroid in good hands. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, any further thoughts, uh, Barry? Yeah, I mean, to me,
1: this is, like I said, Nintendo's weakest year of the Switch, hands down. Uh, I think we came in with lofty expectations, uh, started off strong, and it just kind of faltered. And a lot of, a lot of the games um, that we were really expecting to be good didn't meet those expectations like WarioWare and for many people Mario Party um and other games that people were expecting got delayed like Bayonetta 3, Breath of the Wild 2, Advance Wars 1 and 2. Uh and Metroid Dread was clearly the standout uh title that came out of nowhere and met those expectations. But everything else didn't even skyward sword uh the game itself met expectations but everybody expected more for the 35th anniversary that they couldn't appreciate skyward sword which again was also another port but still after what what happened with mario everyone expected the same treatment with zelda and once again nintendo didn't meet those expectations so i think looking at it that way nintendo really has only one place to go in 2022 and that is up. Yeah. And I hope they don't go down, but I think they're po- poised to go up. And that makes me very excited for 2022 because, you know, for me, when there's a year where I can clearly define this is going to be my game of the year right from the start, and I know it, and it, that holds true, to me, it's a boring year. When there's some surprises, like Shadowverse was a surprise to me. That came out of there, that knocked Persona 5 out and and really took me by storm how much I love that game. I like that. I like to be surprised. When there's a year where, oh my god, what am I going to do? There's a Xeno, there's a Zelda the same year, what am I going to do? That I love. I love those decisions. Having too many good games for a difficult decision is a good year. That's a good problem to have. When it's just so easy and it's like, well... It's clearly this one because everything else goes Meh. that's to me that's not a good year. You know win, winning because you're the best there is mm-hmm. when the competition is fantastic, that's winning. you know like, like if you were in the Olympics and you you know you were playing you know racing and, and you were racing against the fastest runners in the world, and you won, that says something. Mm-hmm. If you were now in the Olympics and you're running against first graders. yay you won congratulations who did you expect to lose (laughs)
3: um
1: that's not really the same thing as winning in my opinion so i think this was just not a banner year for nintendo it was a banner year for third party and i hope that continues uh i really want to see some great games but we're getting to that point where the switch is more underpowered the oled another another thing the oled failed to meet expectations right switch pro switch pro switch pro here's the switch oled no 4k uh, it failed to meet expectations once again. Um, and that's only going to hurt as PS5 and, and Series X get more and more games and PS4 and Xbox One get less and less. Yep. So we'll see what happens going forward. But, I mean, it was a great year for gaming overall. There's something for everybody. There's great games of every type for everybody. And as long mm-hmm. as you have fun, that's really all that matters.
0: Yep. Yeah. I think it's really interesting, uh, you know, of our of our talk picks, if you were paying attention, um, there really was only one first-party game. That that showed up there, and we only had one repeat, um, which is which is interesting. There were so many different par- uh, picks, and there were almost all third party games, um, with the exception uh, of one, like that we just kept, you know, we, we saw so many other times. And that's not that's not the case in previous years. You know, we we've had other years where it has been dominated by Mario and Zelda and, you know, something else, Pikmin or something like that. And that's just an easy pick. And like it's it's hard to pick the number one game. But it's really cool to see a lot of third parties and a lot of indies like really rising up to meet the the gap that Nintendo left this year. And, uh, and that's, that's really exciting and hoping that, uh, we continue to see that even when prime four and the breath of the wild sequel and, you know, whatever the next Mario comes out, all those different things are, you know, uh, um uh, what's, the uh, the game, um, uh, squid game, Splatoon three, you know, all those <laughs> different games come out. Like, um, you know, it'd be, it's, I hope that we continue to see great third party support and great indie indie support as well. So um, Kevin's calling for switch pro in 2022. We'll see what happens. So, well, <laughs> without further delay, uh, we want to let you know what our, our, the calculations came together, uh, to pick our top three overall. So this is collectively Uh, You've heard our individual picks, but collectively, this is what Nintendo Fuse is saying. These are our top three games of the year for 2021. So that, of course, that includes December 2022 or 2020 all the way through November of 2021. Not December uh,
1: 2022 already. (laughs) No,
0: again, I'm time traveling. Just just expect that from me. Um, (laughs) It's a good thing we're taking like a month break because I I'm losing it. Um, uh, But uh, number three spot was tough to pick. Uh, So as I alluded to earlier, as we uh, were calculating these, so basically how this works is that um, a number one pick in the game of the year gets three points. A number two pick gets two points and a number one pick or some to three pick gets one point. So it's kind of reversed. Um, so you still want more points. And uh, this number three pick, we had to, there was like a three-way tie. And so I had to go back to previous lists. Uh, so like the the AAA games and Nintendo games, the, uh, the indie games and stuff to see if... Uh, how many times it was mentioned in other lists and at what spot in order to calculate our third place uh, one. So just letting you know it was a tight pick, but uh, number three went to Immortals Phoenix Rising. So number three is uh, our game of the year is Immortals Phoenix Rising. Number two uh, went to... The Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel 4. So number two pick overall and uh, the number one, not a huge surprise to anyone went to Metroid Dread. Uh, So our Best game overall for uh for Nintendo Fuse is Metroid Dread, but Trails of Cold Steel 4 up there for number two and Immortals Phoenix Rising for number three. That's not a bad selection of games for this year. Um so collectively that's uh that's what we're putting forward together. Congratulations to Nintendo and uh what you've been able to do with Metroid Dread, uh a game that a lot of people uh thought was never gonna happen. And we finally got it. And uh and for me, it did surprise me. Um, for sure, because I think I'd, I'd completely forgotten about the game, so it surprised me in the announcement, and then I really wasn't sure if I was going to enjoy it, and I really did. So, uh, yeah, that's our those are our top games of this year. Uh, Greg, any thoughts about those top three? Is, is it what you, turn, you thought it would turn out to be?
2: Yeah, I kind of figured. Um, I wasn't sure how Barry was going to go with Metroid Dread or not, and I was more kind of surprised considering you guys had a really good chat about it, but um still still won anyways so i guess there's still that as well um i was almost kind of surprised that cruising blast and Blastin pulled through a little bit because i know that was a favorite another one that was mentioned a lot as well but i guess it wasn't
1: enough to hit the top three yeah
0: yep barry uh any thoughts about our our top three
1: Oh, I knew exactly where they were going. Uh, you know, I started to calculate in my head as these things go yeah. through. And I'm like, how how close am I going to get? And when I was like thinking about that number three spot, because I knew one and two, I knew instantly Metro was going to win. And I knew Cold Steel was next with the highest points. So I'm thinking, what am I going to, what's going to be number two because, or number three, because I'm like, everyone had different number twos. And I remembered you put Immortals. And I remember you and Greg both had it on your list. And mine was Those just an honorable mention. Yeah. And you, that was like, all right, so that instantly is going to yeah. take it. Like I knew ahead of time. I'm like, ah oh, man, you know, yeah. it's like, and, and it's a great game. I love The Immortals. I put so many hours into it. So it's very much deserving. All these games are deserving. I just, I just want to see more from Nintendo coming out. I, I, think, I think we all put them on a higher tier, a higher pedestal, which is exactly why we split the categories. Because originally we didn't. And we found that every time we did best Switch games, it was always, or best like Wii U games, for example, was always Nintendo titles. And we very rarely talked about third party. So we had to split because we kind of put them on a on a whole other tier. And for that them to not meet those expectations, and it's okay to, to feel that way. It's okay to be critical. In fact, it's better to be critical uh, as opposed to just blindly loving everything they do. Uh, I think they only have room to improve. And I think this is a great list. I think if you get any of these three games or any of the games we talked about tonight, Outside of the worst game category, <laughs> you will have a great time overall. Yeah. Stay away from that worst game category. But I think I think if you know what you like, you know your habits, if any of the titles we talked about tickle your fancy, if they're kind of along the lines of what you enjoy playing, you can't go wrong with them all. Hands down. And there's so many great games. Uh, this year, and, and I was really close to putting Cathedral actually instead of Shadowverse, but yeah. but the fact that I did that hundred hours is what got me. It was like I I did not expect a hundred hours out of that game, and I could have done more. I had to stop. I'm like, I need a break. (laughs) So like, to me, I love those surprises. I love going into a game completely blind, having no expectations and being blown away. I think that's way better than a game like Metroid Dread, where you expect you're going into it, like expecting great things. And if it meets those expectations, great, but you knew that going in, you had, you know, you, you have those expectations going in. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of those things where if you have no expectations going into something uh, and it blows you away, it's, it's, it's a far better experience overall. Nothing against Metroid. Sure. Uh, you know, We're all fans. But just if you've ever seen like a movie and like, oh, you want to watch this movie? I know nothing about it. Sure. And then you're like, wow, that movie was great. That's so much better than you being hyped up for a movie because when you hype yourself up, you're, you're liable to be disappointed. And even if it meets your expectations, you were still hyped up for it. Right, you know, you had to meet those expectations. So this year overall was was a great third party year and a terrible Nintendo year, (laughs) and and it almost feels like we're giving them a pass with Metroid (laughs) Dread. It almost feels like you failed every test you had, but you managed to get a C on the final. So I'm gonna (laughs) give you a D passing grade. You know, you get to move on to the next year. That's almost how I feel. It's like it feels like Metroid Dread was the crutch. And again, notice how other than Pokemon Unite, none of us talked about Pokemon. And mm. there was two Pokemon games other than Unite that came yep. out: New Pokemon Snap and Pokemon Shining Pearl. And, and Brilliant the only Diamond. thing
0: I mentioned was my my Pokemon mug. Yeah, that, that was all. <laughs> but
1: but that's something, and that says something. Yeah. Because Pokemon is Nintendo's banner franchise overall. I mean, it's the number one multimedia franchise in the world. Mm-hmm. And and two games didn't even get a mention. Yep. Didn't even get a mention. Yep. And that says something.
2: I never played the original games, and I'm set to experience them the first time this holiday season. So I wasn't about to put them on some high pedestal. like I'm Mm -hmm. expecting it to blow me way away because my expectations are already lower because they're just (laughs) remakes of older games. Exactly. It's just remakes. It'll be my first time playing it. I'm sure I'm going to enjoy it a lot, but I'm not trying to pipe myself up farther than
1: it needs to be. Right. I'm yeah. just sort of right. saying like, that's usually yeah. their crutch, like right. Nintendo's crutch, like Pokemon. We got Pokemon this holiday, we're good. Right. And, I, and I'm sure it's gonna sell, I bought it myself. Um, it's just one of those things where it's it's funny for us to not even mention it. And the only one mentioned was Unite, which I liked and, and Greg didn't. So yep. on two polar opposite lists, and new Pokemon Snap was a brand new game. And mm-hmm. and no one talked about
0: it. <laughs> not at all, yep, not at all. Um, Greg, the, the chat room is is worried about your cat. Um we need to address that. <laughs> it, it's not that far down of a drop. I mean
2: it looks like I'm probably sitting up a lot higher than I am, but it's okay. what's okay. like just, whatever, just making three sure. feet and he just lands on his feet and <laughs> he just likes to jump up on the chair. He did that and, Few like a number of podcasts ago, like when he used to be upstairs. So <laughs> that's funny.
0: Yeah, I just, I just wanted to, you know, clear it up just in case, you know, people watching later and they, they didn't realize, you know, we talked about it in the chat. So. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's really interesting, you know, without, with, like I, I said before, without, uh, Metroid Dread, uh, the rest of our, our top picks were just filled with a bunch of third parties. I mean, it was really close. Bravely default and, uh, in ease, uh, nine were right neck and neck. In fact, they were actually tied. I think bravely default Two might've won out because I think it got mentioned one extra time i think no but maybe put just it honorable, honorable mentions, mentions. But yeah that's, that's about it but it was like it's pretty much tied um and then yeah shadowverse uh cruising blast like all these games that uh normally we wouldn't have even given our time of day to like for a top three and they were neck and neck for number three um their number three spot uh which like you said like says some not so good stuff about Nintendo but does say some great stuff about third party games so you know it's a it's a it's a win lose but you know oh well um but looking forward to to next year um Make sure you do. Uh, pay attention to our schedule. we like we said earlier. We're going to be taking um about a month or so uh off, and we'll be back on January seventeenth for our next live show. And that's when we're going to do our predictions for twenty twenty two. So that's going to be really fun. I'll try not to use my uh, so called time machine as I uh you know get my predictions. So I'll be you know not, not influenced or anything. Um, uh, Jester's want to ride sometime or wants to borrow it. I don't I don't know if it's possible. Um, but uh, we'll do that. Our next episode episode on January 17th, but, uh, but we're not done yet. We got a couple things still to make sure that you guys know about, uh, before we wrap up this, uh, this episode. So a couple quick headlines. Um, I think, uh, I actually don't have the, uh, the list in front of me. I forget who's going first. I think it's Greg, 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 uh, tell us a little bit about, uh, your thing and then Barry can follow up with, uh, with his other headline. Well, despite already
2: talking about the Nintendo 64 Switch Online uh, app, um, they're finally getting their first new game added, and that's uh, Paper Mario 64. So that will be released in just uh, four days here on December 10th, and look forward to seeing where Paper Mario got it, where it started off on the N64.
1: Nice. And uh, if you enjoyed our game awards, well, thank you. You might enjoy the inferior. Game Awards put on by Jeff Keighley. I know he's always asking us for the proper you know, answers to everything. We, we can't always give him, but if you do want to give him a little bit of attention, uh, the Game Awards airs on December 9th, which is just three days away at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Who knows? Maybe we'll see some Nintendo announcements because we haven't had a direct since September. Um, maybe some surprises. Maybe a new Smash character now that can't happen.
0: No. But uh, who knows? We'll see. No. Uh well, thank you, Jeff Keely, for putting the game awards on my birthday. Um, but uh I actually can't watch them live. I've already talked about that, but we have have something else going on that night at the same time. So unfortunately can't watch them. I'm excited for Paper Mario though. Um I don't know how good of a port it's gonna be, but um considering our earlier conversation. Um but uh I'm excited because I never got a chance to to play the original. And so uh now having it, you know, I can I can actually try it out as long as it's uh, you know, works semi good. It <laughs> doesn't give me any yeah, problems.
2: I think I've got a, more, a little bit more than halfway on Wii or Wii U, and then when my system got, like, stolen, then obviously I lost all that data, so um, I might actually trying to fire that up and try to actually complete it this time around, assuming that there's not any other outstanding issues, and as Jakester was pointing out, like this is the only game being added, and that kind of still stinks that they're trickling these games out, even though they're adding more consoles, so
0: yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, just one game at a time. And we're not even sure, you know, how often that's going to be. And it's, that's really unfortunate. Um, Before we jump into what games uh, we're going to be playing over the next uh, several weeks uh, into the holiday season and in the new year, I just want to quickly remind you, if you've not done so yet, follow us on social media at Nintendo Fuse and also join us on Discord. Um, It's a great place for us to just keep this conversation going in between episodes and like we said before, it's going to be a little bit longer uh, between uh, this episode and the next one. So if you want to talk games, that is a great place to go. Link is on the screen, but also in our show notes and in the YouTube description, Twitch description as well um love to have you uh join our growing uh community of of gamers over there and uh get to talk about games get to talk about gaming events and uh just other random things as well and uh yeah it's a great place to to chat um a lot of the the people that have joined us in the live chat tonight are active in our Discord, and it's great to uh, keep that conversation going as well. Um, and uh, let's see. Kevin says he's uh, looking forward to speaking of our live chat. He's looking forward to watching the Game Awards uh, pretty much just for Sting because uh, Sting's uh, singing that night and performing. So, um, yeah, that'd be cool. I, I really don't. It, does Sting have songs in games, like is there a connection of why Sting is performing at the Game Awards that I don't know about? Like they're not having Weezer, so you know. Uh <laughs> Well, let's, uh, let's move our attention toward, uh, what's coming out over the next several weeks. And we actually, we have, a, it's a small list of games that we know that are coming out. A lot of games are still listed on the, uh, winter 2021, uh, list. So they haven't been given, uh, exact, uh, dates, but, uh, we'll, we'll see what we can do. Um, for those of you that are, are watching the, uh, the video version, I'm just going to give you a heads up. It's going to be a, a little wonky on the screen while I fix some things, uh, transitioning away. From what we were doing earlier with the trailers to this, um, but uh, as as Greg and Barry are kind of talking about what they're be playing, I'm going to fix that. You'll see it on the screen a little behind the scenes, and then uh, we'll we'll get that scrolling uh, as soon as I can, so that you guys can see what games are are coming out. So, uh, Greg, anything that you're looking forward to playing over the next couple of weeks, uh, maybe uh, a brand new game or or games that are on your backlog.
2: Um, at least for the until. I'm um, closer to Christmas. It'll be mostly backlog, but after Christmas, I'll be definitely be diving into Shining Pearl and Brilliant Diamond, as I have both me and my daughter each getting like a copy. Like one, so we have one of each game and be able to play back and forth. Um, then, I'll, in terms of other new ones, I don't think there will be at least one's releasing in this next uh, batch that we'll be picking up. I mean, I do kind of want to see how Arceus plays out, but. Other than that, I don't know if there's too many other games that I was looking forward to in the the list.
0: All right, all right, Barry. How about you?
1: Uh, I mean, my main game for this whole time is going to be Final Fantasy fourteen Endwalker. I mean, it's just it's a no brainer. Uh, as long as I can get on and play, um, that is what my wife and I are doing and uh that's gonna take the most of my time still be doing some animal crossing uh and pokemon unite and uh after i finish the main story of endwalker and get to a comfortable spot where i don't feel as obligated to go through all the new content if that time ever comes uh, i do plan to oh and he went
0: to go grab another taco (laughs) Um, it's, it's always I mean, what he's talking. <laughs> he wants so many tacos. I I don't know. He's you know. There's certain games that he has to put down for a taco, yep. and then he talks about other games, and you know, like, I'm done. It's more tacos.
1: <laughs> yeah, more tacos. Um. So, anyways, as I was saying before, my wonderful thing disconnected me <laughs> again. Uh the if if I get to that point, Shimigami Tensei Five, I'm I'm gonna hope to get back to that, as well as Dankin Rampa S, uh, which. <laughs> I want to play, and I, if Endwalker wasn't delayed, I probably would be playing now. But uh, hopefully, to tackle that this holiday.
0: Nice. No one mentioned Ameri- uh, Merry Christmas, Snowball Rumble, or American Man. Uh, so I'm disappointed in that. Um, no. <laughs> no. Just, just no. Um, no. But, uh, yeah, make sure you guys do know uh, games like Loop Hero. mentioned that before. It comes out on December 9th. Um, heard lots of really good things about that game and uh, Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon uh, comes out on December 13th. Life is Strange Two Colors uh, which is a game that Barry uh, talked about earlier um, and uh, it comes out sometime in the winter so maybe before our next podcast we'll see um, and then Ollie Ollie World also comes out sometime this winter some some pretty big games that are like on the horizon of coming out sometime soon um, but we're not sure exactly what they're the release dates are yet um i think uh for me i think i'm really excited about i've got a number of of more indie games that uh are on my my list um that i've downloaded over the years um or the, over the last couple months and, uh, looking forward to moving back on the backlog uh, of those games for me. And, uh, I didn't actually play a game that I thought I was going to play over the Thanksgiving season, um, of the new Jackbox game. I, I didn't actually touch Jackbox at all, which is really surprising. Um, but probably during this next holiday season, I'm going to be, um, playing that. And so that's, uh, that's another game I'll, I'll probably pick up on. And they, do, they do sales like all the time. So looking forward to, uh, to checking that out as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think, uh, that pretty much brings us to the end of episode 242, our game of the year awards. Uh, it's been exciting, uh, talking about, um, what our favorite games of this year have been with you guys. Um, love that we had a lot of input from our Discord server as well and what their favorite games were and, and just a big range of games that, that we get to talk about, uh, this year. Uh, Greg, anything else that, uh, you know, you want to let the listeners know about, uh, anything going on in your life? What's your, what you're hoping to do over the holiday season, or I don't know where people can find you online, any of that stuff.
2: Yep. So I'm at a uh, gamer, um, GD three on Twitter and pretty much this holiday season. We'll just be catching up on some games and also be heading to the Brookfield zoo to see some Christmas lights and other Christmas activities as it's, it's the season, I guess. So
0: nice. Nice. So, uh, Barry, how about you? I know you've been, you have been on a lot of podcasts. Is that, is that continuing? Where can people find you and follow all you're doing and all that stuff?
1: Uh, yeah, so uh, it's still continuing. Uh, I, uh, you can find me on Twitter, first off, at Hawk Hellfire, And uh, I'm on a myriad of podcasts lately uh, doing some promotion for uh, Premium Edition Games, which you could also find me you know, at PremiumEditionGames.com. Uh, where two of the games I chose tonight are available for physical pre-order right now until December 16th. So make sure to get those in, support physical media. Uh, so I just did a stint on Stone Age Gamer, uh, with a good, good friend, uh, Geekade, who was one of our very first industry talks. Uh, so it was good to get back on there and, uh, have, uh, another podcast I'm filming, uh, Wednesday with the classic game brothers and, uh, have one going out with, uh, with another one this this I want to say this Friday maybe, uh, which is just insane. That's the All N, a Nintendo podcast, and then we have a live Discord thing going on on the fourteenth at One Up Games and Discord. So there's a lot of places, um, but check out and support and any, anything you uh, you like. Check out all the guys that that allow me on because they're crazy and some reason they let me on. I
0: don't <laughs> know why, but
1: you know I appreciate all of them for sure.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, definitely check out all those podcasts and, and shows that Barry's been on and uh and give them some support and subscribe and all that stuff as well. Um you guys can find me at Steve Cullum on Twitter and most other social medias as well. And uh yeah, I'm just looking forward to uh I think this holiday season really um gaming with some family. I think that's that's one of the the fun things that I get to do um every year and you know, last year we did a lot of that online. Um, but, uh, but still cool to do. And I'm um, looking forward to, uh, to doing a little more of, of that this year. And, um, yeah, just, uh, exciting to get some time off as well, and maybe play a little more games, have a little more time to, to play some games that I, that I'm not being able to touch in a while. And, uh, yeah, excited to connect with with all of you as well. Um, but uh yeah, that brings us to the end of episode 242. Like we said, our next live episode is going to be on January 17th. And at that point, we'll pretty much be every other week uh on Monday evenings. So make sure you check us out live, join the chat room, and uh, of course, subscribe, all that good stuff, and share this with others. It's been an awesome game uh, of the year award episode, and uh, thanks for sticking with us it's a little longer than normal. But you know, there's a lot of great games to talk about. So uh, thanks for sticking around with us, and uh, happy gaming, everybody! Have a good one. See you next time.